when you can't touch a breast, but you can cave in a chest at the nudie bar. Where you can look at a thigh and blacken an eye at the nudie bar. Where the beer gives you gas, but the Bundys kick ass. Vital social issues and stuff with Chris and John Wayne. I am John Wayne. With me, as always, is Christopher Triana. Christopher, welcome. Yo, what's the house, brother? You know, man, just doing my thing. Yeah, living out here in these streets. Um, you know, uh, living, chilling, a little bit of Ellen. Yeah, I'm doing, I'm doing, doing well. Uh, on the most part, they did uh, cancel Chicago. My Chicago trip is canceled as well. So, uh, well, I'm oh sorry, well. I mean, I'm sorry, but that's for the best. I know it is. You're right. Yeah. yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I will be attending the next super spreader event at Lakewood Church, like I was telling you earlier. <laughs> yes. uh, Lakewood Church, we're here for you, Joel Osteen. <laughs> it's uh, formerly known as the Summit, oh. oh, former home of the Houston Rockets. Um, but yo, know, yeah, I'm going to be there at Hallelujah Night coming up. You can come see me at 5:30, 7:30, 9:45, <laughs> 15. Yep. And if anybody comes up and says pen 15, I'm asking you to leave right away. So I don't want to hear that kind of penis talk. Oh, is that what that means? Okay. Yeah, come on. Is that what that means? You don't know what pen 15 pen? means? No, I never heard that before. You've never heard that before? No, I haven't. Write the letters pen and then the number 15. And it looks like it says penis. Oh. So you're in the pen 15 club and then people are like, yeah, I'll be in it. And then you write it on their thumb or on their hand. And then they're like, oh no, penis. And it's funny. <laughs> you didn't, you're not a pen 15 guy. I, I never heard it until now. It's uh, you've given me something new. I've got gained knowledge. I've given so. you something new. Pen 15 is like a gift yeah. that I give to you of knowledge and so you're saying you give me penis. <laughs> if that's the way you want to interpret it. I mean, that's hey, yeah. beauty. Beauty is in the eye of, uh, you know, the hurricane or something. Yeah, the, the brown eye <laughs> when it comes to giving. Okay. Penis. Well, I, or, well, we've already gone blue mm-hmm. or, or don't make my brown eyes blue. Uh, oh, let's not even get into that. Let's not. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So I, I wanted to say that, um, I I did go to another super spreader event that yeah. uh, actually only had like 13 people at it. But I saw the Lost Boys projected onto a semi big screen here in Houston at Warehouse Live, which is one of our like mid level music venues mm. uh, type place. And my friend Paige uh, is one of the bar managers there. Bar managers there shouts out. So what this event was was all for the staff. Like it was free to get in and all your money like they sold popcorn and stupid shit like that. Mm-hmm. And uh, and they had a raffle, so it was just giving money to the staff. So, yeah. uh, but it was cool to sit and sit and watch uh, the Lost Boys anyway. Uh, but I was at the front, uh, of course, just gabbing away like I do. 
Yep. Uh, I also super duper high. I sat in front of the venue and smoked two bowls in my car while listening to brand new at like maximum volume and singing along. And I went in, I went in hot, went in a little hot. And I was, I started talking about the Corys right off the bat. And uh, I was like, you know, start spouting off all my Corey knowledge. Yeah. My preciouses. And I said, you know, um, cause it was my friend, it was my friend Paige and her, like, I guess manager or whatever, working the front thing. And I'm just like leaning on the bar with my leather jacket, with my leather jacket on. I was, de- this was, I was lost boys out, dude. Yeah. But not that I'm not, not, not that I'm not always anyway, but like it was, it was working for me that night. You were sailing I- into the night. Fuck yeah, dude. You were lost in the shadows. You still believe. I still fucking believe. And I was like, yeah, did you know this? And you know this? And then I said, you know, for $202 on Cameo, you can have Corey Feldman come on as a sea captain and tell you good things. And the and the, and the other uh, girl says, uh, you know, we looked into doing that for this event. We were going to see if we were going to uh, hire him to do a an intro, like to mm-hmm. intro the, the thing. But then they were like, eh, we don't want to pay 200 bucks for that. It's a lot of money. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So so they didn't. But it was cool, man. I it was uh, I was drinking beer, sitting, you know, watch. I watched most of it at a front row seat because there was like nobody there. And then uh, I sat in the back and watched the rest of it with Paige and, and her friend. But when I still when like, you know, sexy, sexy Tim Capello came on, I was like, fuck, yeah, my fist in the air. I screamed. I whooped. I also whooped when they showed. Corey Haim and Corey Feldman's name uh, in the credits, opening credits. Nobody else did. I guess they weren't prepared or something. I don't I don't know. Uh, but it was a blast, dude. I really I had a great time. I left. there. I was like, man, I'm getting. COVID. COVID and Keith <laughs> Sutherland's face when he's the vampire tattooed on this part of my titty. That if you're watching the video, you could see yeah. there's a space. You're not serious, are you? I am, dude. It was so oh, cool. God. I was like, I'm doing that. It's so awesome. The, the fucking. That movie, I forget. We've talked about this movie. I know in, in one of the first episodes. Oh, but yeah. it's so awesome! And it's so stylized, so cool. Oh, it's great. Yeah, and, I love uh, it. But uh, I wouldn't get Kiefer Sutherland's face on my body. Why not, dude? Are you? I don't want another that? man's face on in like ingrained into my skin. Oh, that's what you're, well, you're getting. I, someone uh, else's face. I guess face. that I'll. Uh, I guess I will. Uh, uh, you know, there, I've sent you an email. Don't just delete it. Don't open that that one that I sent you. All right. <laughs> I have to you take a cheese grater to my ass. I have your face on my ass. Uh, <laughs> dude, I'm, cover, I'm covered in tattoos, dude. Why Why would I care but, about getting a man's face on my body? Yeah, I mean, like tattoos. It's a vampire's face, dude. He's a vampire that looks cool. Okay. It's your, it's your body, man. Do what you want. Like, to, to me, like, getting tattoos and stuff, like, you know, if you're getting, like, like symbols and images and stuff. I think that's kind of cool, but I always think it's weird when someone gets someone else's face tattooed on them. Like, and the more realistic it looks, the the more creepy and weird it is to me. Well, I want to just get like a, a, like an outline type of picture. I know what it's going to look like. Don't fucking worry about it. I have faces on my hands. I have the, these faces. I have this. But that's Frankenstein, dude. But that's Frankenstein and Michael Myers. The, the, I, that's not like getting a real space. person's face. It's a different thing than getting a real person's face. It's You're getting an actor's face. That's I'm different. A, I'm getting a vampire's face. You're getting Kiefer Sutherland, a an actor's face. A beautiful vampire with an yeah, excellent hair yes. and a jacket and a dirt bike. And that's that's what I'm going to live from now on, dude. Mm-hmm. All right. Moving to the boardwalk. This is I'm. T- this is how I'm telling you. Dude, do whatever you want. 
like good for you great wow let me go you wouldn't even try to stop me i tried you won't listen did you did you try maybe you're still you're you're talking about tattooing your neck so you clearly don't look you care how you look so it's your thing i do look (laughs) okay okay i see you know what when when, we know when people see me i want them to think convict you know they already do yeah (laughs) and you know what that's why i'm not a mark like you you little mark ass bitch what's a mark it's an easy target uh, well, I know that, but how does how does that make me a mark? I thought maybe Mark was slang for someone who doesn't have tattoos, like "ooh, they're a pussy" or something. No, you're just. A, I don't have to. I don't need a slang term to call you a pussy. Mm-hmm. Um, no, a mark is just like somebody who's like uh, you know, easy and easy. An tar- easy target. Yeah, yeah I just know. Like, like like Wes. I know. Right. Yes. I, you, we're we're speaking, of course, of Splatterpunk Award-winning author Wesley Southard. Wes Southard. Um, the ultimate mark is like uh, that was in the blurb, I think that. <laughs> just kidding Wes I love no, he's, you he's uh, a mark because he's easy to make mad so oh he's a he's a mad mark yeah for sure mm-hmm. uh I'm just I'm just fucking with you because you're a big of guy course. and you look like uh you've got muscles and shit I mean you don't look like you do you do um and this is just I have like a you know glamour muscles Wes. you do you yes. Christopher <laughs> award-winning uh Spider-Punk award-winning author Christopher Triana is who I'm speaking of right now uh you've got a bulk to you you're a big guy you're th- taller than me uh, see, that's why I have to do these things, adorn my body. Uh, okay. You know, it's like a puffer fish or something that has the spikes all over it. Like, don't right. fuck with me. My neck is tattooed. If I'll do this, I might bite your ear off, which I actually might do just because Mike Tyson did. And, I'll... and so that way people don't know or they don't think that you're a punk. I am a punk. Well, I don't mean punk in the, in that way. I mean, punk like is in prison, which where you're means you're a bitch means you get passed around like currency. That kind of punk. Punk means something different in prison than it does on the outside. And I know that from I, I understand. Years in prison. From your eight years in prison? Yes. <laughs> right. You did uh, that, but that was reduced to a manslaughter charge. Thank gosh. It was. Thank you. That's why I'm available to do the show now. You know? I know. And I'll tell you I, this I was nobody's punk. I owned punks. Right. You were. You know? uh, Everybody's gay in prison. It's not a big deal. You know, like I had a couple of lady boys. They mean a lot to me still, you know. So, but yeah, I was nobody's punk. I owned punks. As we know, Christopher Triana, award winning Splatterpunk Award winner, notorious <laughs> power bottom in prison. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, uh, no, but all uh, power bottoms aside, I uh, no, I just um, I just look tough, whereas you probably are tough. You probably could beat somebody up. Uh, but that's cool. That's what I got. And I, yes, I want to get my neck tattooed. Who cares? It look, it'll, I'll still look good. I look eternally good, dude. Okay. You ever been in a fight? You ever do some, some fisty cuffs? Only when I was in fifth grade. So that's my really? one only fight. Yeah. And after that, oh, that's right. You I were hung too up rich. the gloves. You didn't have to I hung up the gloves. I paid. That's right. I paid. <laughs> I paid people to fight for me. <laughs> yes. You gave them Twinkies to protect you from that big girl who was kicking your ass. Yeah. My mom, yes. <laughs> Shouts out, mom. Shouts out, mom. <clears throat> I, uh, I I abhor violence. I don't uh, I don't fight anymore. <clears throat> Are you a conscientious object- objector to violence? Yes. I I mean I I don't start fights, but I will finish fights. Yeah, I I don't have a problem with confrontation. Or telling oh, no. someone to shut the fuck up or oh, yeah, sure. uh, like I've definitely popped 
popped off, as you would say, to people, but nobody has, as I'm doing air quotes if you're watching the video, stepped to me yet. So that makes me think that either, well, first of all, kids, bullies, once you once you say something to them that they're cowards, they're projecting that's, their insecurities onto that's you. A hundred percent not true. And they and you, once you stand up to them, but that's uh, also totally not true. You, you look like a maniac. Fight. You have to actually literally fight, and you and you have to fight well and hurt them. Otherwise, they'll keep coming back to kick your ass. And these are the kind of lessons that you learn. That's the hard cold truth, brother. I know it's the hard cold truth. What do you think? I'm spouting lies to the kids, man. Tell I'm not them that spouting lies. To that the kids. bullies are all cowards. They're not cowards. They'll they'll beat the shit out of you. No, but you yeah, you you don't. Uh, I'm just saying, like, back to what we were actually really talking about. You I'm have to stand not, up for yourself. You, you do. Fight. You absolutely do have to stand up for yourself. I'm all for that. Like, I have no problem confronting someone or being in a confrontation. I'm just saying, I'm probably not tough enough or strong enough, actually, or physically big enough to maybe win in a fight. But I'll. Fucking get! I'll bite the shit out of you, or I'll do <laughs> something. Bite. I'll do something like fucking that's the Al Bundy fucking way, dude. I'll that's scratch your eyes way. and pull your hair. That's the Bundy way, man. <laughs> I mean, I'm just, I'm just saying, don't fuck with I'm, me. That and I, that's I, I won't. Thank you. I won't. I won't fuck with you. Thank you. I won't fuck with you either. How about that? Okay, good. But you, I am gonna own you in prison when we go, because we're going. You know this. Like a like Julian and Ricky like Trailer Park Boys style. I don't know. I don't watch the show. You know, um, but, no, but I am. I, but I am going to own you. But don't worry, I'll protect you. That's what you want in prison. You want a a clean uh, older man mm -hmm. uh, who who will protect you and take care of you. I'm fine with that. Kind of like yeah. the Squirrel Master in uh, Half Baked, played by Tommy Chong. I don't remember. I've seen that, but I don't remember. That's what it was. Is, uh, I don't remember Harlan, him was Harlan Williams uh, protector Harlan Williams was his bitch okay then there you go I don't remember that but I do I have seen the movie but I don't remember that it's been a long time been a while well trust me that's what happens I believe you good and we're a stoner I'm sure you've seen that movie way more times than me that's a that's a uh, a mighty Stereo system. assumption there, dude. Oh, stereo. Death That's by a stereo, stereo system. <laughs> when that happened, uh, a couple of people, a couple of us shouted out for the death by stereo line in Lost Boys. Mm. That's a great, great death and a great line. Um, rest in power, Corey Haim. That's really what I came here to say today. Oh, speaking of, we do. We need to do a couple of rest in powers. For we real. Do. We uh, do. But go, you start. I know what you're going to start with. Go. Yes, I'm sure you do. Um. I've got to give props to uh, someone who's my one of my top five favorite musicians of all time, mm -hmm. uh, probably the greatest songwriter of all time, uh, Mr. Billy Joe Shaver, uh, a guy who I believe never got his due. I mean, he was much he was like a, a, a country, an outlaw country's musicians musician, like all those guys loved him. Everybody recorded, everybody from those days recorded songs by Billy Joe Shaver. You know, uh, uh, Johnny Cash uh, did many of them. Um, I can see, I'm, I'm, I can see you coughing. I'm glad you hit the button. Um, but uh, when you say it, I might as well just cough into the microphone. No, no, I was just saying, it, I, I appreciate it. So it wouldn't this. stop your flow of what you were saying. I just wanted to say I appreciated it. So anyway, put That's it back right. on mute. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um uh but no uh, like so many uh legends recorded songs about billy joe shaver 
um, and you know Johnny Cash did, and um, you know Willie Nelson, and so on. Uh, and in fact, Waylon Jennings, uh, one of his most popular albums, Honky Tonk Hero, uh, uh, almost every song, like nine out of ten songs, were written by J- Billy Joe Shaver. Uh, he's so he's 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 the real deal. He's you know um, you know a lot of modern country, pop country. There, these guys are all hat. And no cattle, you know, they're singing about back roads. They've never been down, which is a line by Billy Joe Shaver. Uh, whereas Shaver, he actually grew up like with his, his mother, you know, picking cotton and stuff. And like, you know, he worked rodeos. He lost two of his fingers in a sawmill. He yeah. actually shot a guy in the <laughs> face while he was in a bar, got in an argument with a guy and shot the guy in the face. You know, like he's the real deal outlaw country. Uh, and he passed away. Um, about a week ago and uh as of this recording as of this recording he passed away uh he actually had some problems with covid he caught covid uh and he had some health problems while he was uh trying to recover from it and then he ended up having a massive stroke and he died uh in his i think he was 81 uh and and i actually have a personal story um billy joe shaver's stuff is very spiritual he within like a year's time he lost his mother his wife and his son uh, all died, and um, he uh, he turned very much to his faith in God, uh, and you hear that in a lot of his songs. But he he wrote a lot of songs and stuff about you know uh, staying strong in the spirit, uh, and um, you know and like he like worked through his grief through a lot of his music with songs like "The Earth Rolls On" and uh, "Day by Day," uh, and his music meant a lot to me when I went through a similar experience where within a year and a half, my grandmother and my parents died. And that was an extremely tough time for me. And Mm. his music really meant a lot to me in that time. Uh, And good times and bad. You know, when I, when I got married, one of his songs was my wife and I's wedding song. Uh, What's that? My wife. Yes. Okay. Uh, One of his songs was our wedding song. You know, it's like his music means a lot to me personally. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I got to see him live when I lived in North Carolina, which was huge to me. And of course, you know, he's in this small dive bar cause he never got the respect he deserved. Uh, and, but I mean, I was right up front and there were like two instances that night where these two drunk guys were like up and in his face. And I like basically knocked those guys away, you know, like didn't beat him up, but I like pushed him away and I was like, don't fuck around. I'm trying like, this show's important. And like Billy yeah. Joe noticed this and was like, fuck yeah, dude. Like, you know, he started telling those guys off too, but he was like, at, like at the end of the show, he reached out and shook my hand. Cause I was like keeping these people at bay. And I was also there and I like all these other people were just there getting drunk and not even paying attention. I was clearly like, I was like right there and like lip syncing to the songs and everything. And so then when, um, can I, can I break in real quick? Were you really lip syncing or did you sing out loud? No, I don't sing out loud at concerts. I want to hear the person. So I was just kind of like mouthing the words along with it and everything, just like, yeah, you know. Um, I will and, sing out loud because I can't help myself. Well, do what you want. You know, a lot of people do that. But I like to actually listen to the person singing, you know, because I'm there to see them. Um, but I anyway, I still hear the, them. Dude, do what the fuck you want. I'm talking I'm talking about what I do. So at the end of the show, um, you know, like I, I go outside and like, you know, my wife and I are getting ready to leave. My wife at the time. Uh, and... Uh, we're getting ready to leave and Billy Joe Shaver is just standing out front by his van, you know, he's just standing there. And I like, and so like, you know, we go up and talk to him and, you know, I actually got to tell him how much his music means to me and everything. And he was super cool, super laid back guy, 
took my picture with him and all that. Um, but it wasn't like this type of thing, like, you know, where like people stood in line to meet him. He was just like hanging out, dude. He was just like, a, just a cool down to earth guy. Uh, and, uh, I'm really happy. I got to tell him how much his music meant to me. Cause I have a very deep personal relationship, uh, with his music. So, uh, just wanted to say that if, if those of you out there, if you want real country music by a guy who actually lived with what he's singing about, he's, he's your fucking guy true outlaw country country from the old days where those people were legit not like these polished fake ass al- asphalt cowboys we have now so yeah i'm not sure uh rest in power first of all much mad much respect um you posted your picture of with him on your uh one your your social medias uh is a very cool picture your mustache is powerful it's epic um yeah. uh and um you know that uh, I don't know if people if if you're listening to this show and you 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 happen to like like the new like a, you put on the radio when you drive and a new country song comes on that came out last year and you're like this is my jam, stop listening to this show, please, <laughs> just turn it off. You probably live in Florida, so you've tuned out anyway. Thanks to uh, thanks for, to for me. rants of uh, hatred. Florida. Yeah. So um, no, I agree. I because I you know you know I play in a band and and. My uh, Chris, my drummer, other Chris, uh, also with a K, yeah, we play uh, a a lot of country songs, old old country and and right. uh, <clears throat> real real country, real country. So and that was also important to me because that was I just remember driving around in my dad's truck like that was all we listened to. So every song that I heard during that time, I can play now. Yeah. So I understand that uh, different connection, but you know. Outlaw country, like the real country shit is 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 the shit. And some people I really hate when people are like, ah, oh, country. I hate country. Yeah, like, well, why don't you go like, fuck yourself, dude? Yeah, yeah. What they do don't, like? they don't fuck. like if you if, know if people just automatically choose to hate it uh, and like won't separate like you know the genius of Dolly Parton from the the trash country the of of she is. But if they can't separate her from like the trash country of i don't want to like pick a name but you know just like you know if they can't separate that from the like the cheesy achy breaky heart pop country stuff uh then you know like it's just like you're clearly not even listening to the music you clearly just have a prejudice against it now i wouldn't go as far as you to say that all pop country like if you listen to it you're you're an idiot uh, because a lot of that music, it's very catchy. There's good harmonies and everything, but it's but it's superficial. It's kind of like country if it was produced by Target. You know, it's it's very phony. Um, maybe you like it and everything, but like you're listening to people sing about stuff that that it's all. Um, it's almost like like I'll give you here's the best good way to put it. When uh, when I used to travel a lot. Um, with whoever you know um but uh i hate to bring her up again but my ex-wife and i we would be on long trips we used we used to we used to do uh country music bingo and we put on the pop country station and we would have a bingo sheet uh that had all the words that we expected to hear from every song and it was like tractor jeans flag uh beer you know, like all, all that kind of stuff. And mm. sure enough, every fucking song has that. It's like, it, it's just pandering. It's just pandering to a certain mentality, a certain all American farm boy, like ideal. Uh, and all of these people, not all, but most of these people 
didn't live that life. Whereas Dolly Parton and Johnny Cash and Billy Joe Shaver, uh, like all these people did live that life. Uh, yeah. they, you know, like David Allen Coe is singing from the heart. Whereas, you know, Toby George Keith, Jones, George Jones, Toby Keith, not so much, you know. So. It, it it I just was it, it brings uh, like you were saying people who haven't done that it brings it clearly rings hollow it's very disingenuous mm-hmm. it's like uh totally it's yeah. like if you and I got up and and like you you watch here's our YouTube video and we've got our boots on and our our hats and we're like and you know that we are the good guys we are riding <laughs> our trucks drinking whiskey and wine and a fan of vinegar. And then, uh, well, I do have a truck and I drink whiskey, but okay. other than that, yeah, I... <laughs> those are some, first of all, those are some good lyrics. Let's write those. Well, down. it is second it, of all, but solid shit, yeah. But it's like also, then we did that and then we, uh, immediately like took off all of our, all that shit. And like, I still look like this and like, all right, dude, I'll see you later. You know, well, like, I it, think... it's, it's, it's totally a manufactured character. It is. It is. It's, it's you know, it's it's a total manufactured character. You're right. And like what you like. I'm not coming down and saying no, no, no. Whatever. But you're you right. Like it, that's fine. Present this manufactured character, whereas in reality, you know, people can be country, but can also be they could be a little bit country, a little bit rock and roll. You know, um, you know, like I, I'm very country in a lot of aspects. In that, I prefer to live in the country. I prefer that kind of lifestyle but i consider myself country but not redneck you know because there's a difference between the two i also, don't you were country when country wasn't cool is yes. what I, I understand yes absolutely i uh and i've seen in person i've seen a, a, a lot of great country shows by the people that i really do appreciate i've seen billy joe i've seen willie nelson i've seen david allen co i saw johnny cash live when i was 18 i wish uh, i would have got to see johnny cash that's awesome yeah. Saw Johnny Cash when I was 18 uh, and uh, uh, loved him before it was cool the second time around, you know, like he it was right before his first the, like it was right when he released um, the first album with Rick Rubin, American Records. Uh, so it was right before his big comeback. And I saw him in a fucking hotel uh, venue where he there was maybe 100 people there, you know, because at that point, uh, Columbia had dropped him. Because his sales were in the shitter. This was like early '90s, you know. Yeah. Uh, and so I got to, I fucking loved him. I got to see him uh, back before he had this big resurgence in popularity. And of course, now everybody loves Johnny Cash. But at the time, no one gave a shit. But I did because I grew up listening to him. You know. What did you think of uh, Joaquin Phoenix playing him in that movie? I didn't watch it. You didn't? Oh. No, I didn't. I didn't watch it. I had read. Uh, his first hand, uh, I had read two first hand autobiographies of Johnny Cash. One was Cash oh, okay. and one was Man in Black. Uh, and so I knew his life story very well. Uh, and um, I just, I don't like watching movies about bands, uh, particularly if they're a band that I like. I don't like watching someone else play the, the, the person. Uh, it always just comes off as very fake. And then what really gets me is they have that person sing the songs. And they always sound like shit, you know? It's like, Joaquin's a great actor, but like, I don't want him to hear him sing Johnny Cash. I just I just didn't care. I didn't want to see it. So. Yeah, uh, it was good. I mean, it, I thought it was a good movie. I liked it. Um, I thought that What's-Her-Name uh, played an excellent uh, June Carter, Cash. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was good. Cool. I, I feel like... I, bi- I, sure, it's as, fine. Let's go sure back. As, fine. as far as we're watching biopics or biopics, 
I don't know if that is considered one, is it? But it's good. Of course like it is. It. it tells so it tells a true life story. So there you go. I had a problem. I think, and I think we brought this up before with that Motley Crue movie. I couldn't watch that. The Dirt. I tried to. I started it, but I, but I I couldn't grab. Like I couldn't accept those actors as Motley. Yeah. I have and, several friends of mine who are shocked that I didn't even try to watch it because I love Motley Crue. And I just that's it goes back to that thing. It's like I hate watching movies about bands. I just do. I just don't want to watch it, whether they're a real or 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 fake band. And if they're a fake band, I, I hate to watch it even more. I'm like, I don't want to watch fucking the commitments and Eddie and the Cruisers. Get the fuck out of here. I don't want to watch these movies. Ooh, what about that thing you do? You get the fuck out of here. Jesus Dude, Christ. that uh okay, no, I'm not backing down you, from dude. that. That is a good movie, and those are fuck good you. songs. No, they're not, dude. They're absolutely that thing you do is one of the worst songs it's I've ever classic. heard in my life. That is rock. That's it's rock and roll. Fucking terrible, dude. dude. That is I, not no, terrible. No, it's it not rock and roll. One old one. That that's, is that's a phony band from the nineties. For Christ's sake, that how is, is that rock and roll? One one. It's from the fifties, dude. It takes place in the fifties, my man. But it, but it's not real. It was made in the nineties. It's not really I from know, the fifties. It's just a movie. Most movies are not real. But you're saying that's rock and roll one hundred and one is no, a the way that they present it. Said it's a stupid. A no, I say the way they present it, like those songs. That's just like how it was then. The Beatles, all that stuff. That's like the fallout from the Beatles fucking mania. When I when I worked in a, a video store when that movie came out on on video. Uh-huh. And that song was on one of the what we called trailer tapes, which were the tapes that would we would sh- like show commercials and like on the TVs that were mounted to the ceiling. And that song, that video was on one of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it just like I heard it several times a day and I consider it one of the worst songs I've ever heard in my life. It's so irritating. I fucking hate that song. So no, thank you. Okay. I, I think it's cool. So I think it's cool when they make a a, music, a movie with a, about a band that all the people like actually play the instruments and sing the songs. That's like the pretty monkeys. cool. The monkeys is a made up thing. So it's a thing you do, dipshit. I know. I know. I'm saying, and and it's that's this why it's cool. Show is canceled. I'm getting out of here. Hey, hey. the wonders, or <laughs> AKA the Oneaters, did not have a record out. I have the vinyl fucking two copies of the Monkees album behind me in the Library of Evil right now. I don't have any Oneaters records, dude. That was a movie. Also, you know, Frozen was a movie. That's not real. So you uh, do you just not want to watch any movie that's about music at all? No, I don't. Just because it's not the real person, it's just a, no, a representation. No, no, it's just like I just, I, I just all movies about bands and music are the same fucking movie, except for Spinal Tap. Spinal Tap's the one that I like. The rest of them, I have no use for. None of them have ever entertained me because it's the same fucking thing over and over. What is this? Like, thing? oh, they, the they, thing? they, it's them, you know, working from the ground up to have their band, and then they get popular, and then they have problems with drugs and 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 car crashes and shit and then you know like it goes from there either they the either they come back or it just destroys their fucking lives completely and then usually the lead singer ods on heroin it's the same fucking thing every time so i i don't fucking care about them don't want to watch them it's redundant and banal as shit so i don't watch them uh so anyway the speaking of movies 
I'm going to agree to Chris agree on that. And yeah, yeah, yeah. That. So um, the, uh, the, the other it, moving on, there's another one uh, that we need to rest in power. Uh, and that is Mr. Sir. I think he's sir. Sir Sean, sir Sean Connery. Sean Connery. Zardoz. Um, Zardoz himself. Uh, he was 125 years old. And he passed away uh, just recently. He was uh, 90 years old. I know. And seemed uh, 125. And they buried him in his kilt. Uh, in really? the tradition, traditional really? fashion with uh, the hard, hard, really? the hard, hard dick of the Scottish man. Are, did they really? Or are you just making this up? I am really making this up. I, I have no so. idea how they buried him, but I'm going to guess that it's I've, in a kilt. I would have thought he was being his, his James Bond uh, fucking. That tux. would be cool. That would be cool, too. With the gun, like is like the gun. He's holding it like, mm-hmm. you know, across his chest. Yeah. That or the whole Highlander outfit, because there can only be one. Yes, there can. Um, I I immediately upon reading that, my mind flashed to uh, the Saturday Night Live Jeopardy like uh, sketch like thing. That well, that's really just, sad uh, that like that that like you think of that rather than his his you know long dis- discovery of excellent films. Mm-hmm. So uh, that shows your lack of culture. It does, doesn't it? It, it does. Was very sad, but hilarious. Rest in power, Sean Connery. He Rest uh, in power. he really has a, a humongous body of work. Aside from playing James Bond for a, a spell, I mean, he really he's it one wasn't of the spell. It was like eight movies. I know, but I'm saying aside from that, he's still a fantastic one of the you know better actors of our time. Absolutely. Hey, and, dude, uh, he was Indiana Jones's dad. We don't get much cooler than that. And who played Indiana Jones? River Phoenix. And who is one of my heroes? No, River no. Phoenix. He played like little. Young Indy. Jones. Yes. I in know. that movie. Little, little. I know. I know he did. Why are you contradicting me? I'm just Not saying I like River you. Phoenix a lot. You can. I hope to. I aspire to his heights of dying. <laughs> you aspire to be dead at 19? Yes. <laughs> well, I mean, I'm, you know, I passed that one. <laughs> you fucking flunked that shit. <laughs> no, River Phoenix had some good stuff, dude. He he made some good stuff. He what he did, yep. and uh, and I I liked that performance. In uh, I really thought that was cool when I was a kid. I was like, that guy's cool. Mm. Then I was like, that guy's dead. Yeah, he I is. was like, I was like, He's that's cool. Suck. Rest in power. I remember when he did die, Rest in Power, and he was on the cover of the TV Guide. There was this picture of him, like, kind of like all fucked up looking in a leather jacket, like in front of, like, I don't know if it was in front of the Viper Room, but it was in front of, like, some club. And I was like, man, that guy is fucking cool. And look at me now. <laughs> yep. Uh, no, but too bad for him, man. River Phoenix was great. Could have been. Could have been. Could have, would have, should have. All right. So, uh, yeah, I, d- I definitely had a much bigger attachment to Billy Joe Shaver than Sean Connery, so I apologize to all Sean Connery fans who expect us to go on and on about him, but uh, oh, I'm not going on. to. Uh, I'm, not that he doesn't deserve it. Uh, you know, he made some great films, but none of them meant nearly as much to me as one Billy Joe Shaver album. So, mm-hmm. And nothing means anything to me. So yes. we move on. The only thing that matters to you is tattooing actors' faces all over your body. Especially not kissing. 
I know you hate kissing. I hate kissing. Because it doesn't involve getting tattooed, usually. Man, you're really trying to boil me down into this very small personality. And uh, I will, like, look, I'm not above getting tattoos to spite you. Okay, Um, good. So don't worry about that. You know I'm kidding. I kid because I love. I, I I know. I don't. I, I don't mean to drill you. I don't. I'm not trying You're to put not you down. Me. You're not putting me down. I will do it anyway, despite you. Just because. Hey, <laughs> dude. How, it's, that's it's how defiant body. I am. It's your body, dude. If you want to, you know, mutilate it, go ahead. Okay. Well, one man's mutilation is another man's. Uh, mutilation. Uh, I noticed though that you don't. You you're not really a piercing guy. No, I had my nipples pierced uh, for a while. Got I got them pierced when I was nineteen, and like I had it for a while, huh? I was just saying, I thought that was more like something that girls did. I did it too. I'm not trying to insult. I'm just saying I thought that was more of a girl thing, kind of like the the tongue bar. When guys started doing that, I'm like, you know, that's for blowjobs, right? And for looking cool. Doesn't look cool. All it all it does is make someone just play with their tongue constantly. They're like, constantly. constantly. I know. It makes you look like a drooling drooling imbecile is what it makes you look like. Well, that's you know? a hot. Uh, we all have our opinions. I did not have my uh, tongue pierced. Um, okay. I had my nipples pierced. I had my eyebrow pierced for a little bit, but it fell out, and I was like, "Fuck it," and then that's it. Then my ears like, but this gauge that I have in my ears is is very small. Yeah. And that's it. I'm not trying to like uh, stretch my ears out like super much. Oh God, please! Because then what happens is like people stretch them out and they have like that big thing, like you know that big ring in the ear, you know, like there's some mm-hmm. kind of you know like native god or something. And uh, but then they eventually take it out and then they just have this hole and just like this wrinkly flesh and it just looks disgusting. Uh, it looks stupid, and then it looks disgusting. Uh, so, but yeah, I'm just saying, mention it because like the whole like tattoo thing. Usually, people will it will tie into like a piercing thing. You know, people that like do one tend to do the other. So that's that's why I just mentioned it curiously. Uh, no, I I didn't. Um, oh oh fuck, I had my labray pierced. That's that was my one big piercing your, I had. Your what for a while? My labray. I can't believe I totally forgot about that. Your labia. My labia, my labray, which your, is like oh, your right, labray. right here underneath your lip, your bottom lip. Underneath your lip, okay. <clears throat> and actually, I have the scar there still. Like, it's underneath my, my soul patch. Uh, shouts out Stevie Ray. Uh, and, yeah, I had that pierced. I got that pierced when I was in college, just like one night. You know, it's like I did, I mean, I did a lot of things out of boredom. And just like, fine, fuck it. I'm going to do this because why not? It's Let's do it. So I got my library pierced. And uh, the only pain in the ass about it was that I had to put a retainer in, like for work, where I had to actually like unscrew the ball, take the jewelry out and put like this plastic, clear plastic thing through because otherwise it would close up. And uh, yeah, because you couldn't wear it. That sounds it. like a big hassle. Well, it was a plastic castle, and it was also a plastic retainer, dude. Uh, But you know what? You got to sacrifice to be cool. Sometimes I was so cool that I I screwed a spike onto the end of it. That's how cool I was at times, dude. Pretty cool. Yeah. 
And uh, yeah, that was. Uh, but that I had that for a while, and then I finally got rid of it. But the the hole is like pretty much still there. Uh, so I have this soul patch to hi- to not hide it, but it's just obscured by this. Happens to be the only facial hair that I have. All right. Next question, Your Honor. No, no more questions. I okay. rest my case. Okay. <laughs> you may approach the bench. You made my point for me. Did uh, I? No, I, I, I had no point. As I usual, I had no point. Uh, I've never had, I mean, as you know, I have no tattoos, but I've never pierced anything, not even my ears. You didn't never. get your ears pierced ever? Nope. Even back never. then? Nope, never. Never Dude. wanted it. Yeah. Never wanted I, uh... it. To me, that, like, and I apologize, I know plenty of guys do it, but to me, that was always, like, a girl thing. Right. Uh, like, the pierced ears. It just, like, to me, I was just like, why are you, like... I, I I I didn't understand why guys did it. So, um, I think it was more of a rock and roll thing, maybe. Uh, but I remember in high school, all of us, like my group of friends, going to basically get our ears pierced, uh, together, like a spa day. Yeah. Uh, no, like at the pierce. Like no, I think like my friend Brandon got it first, and then we all kind of like went the next day. Like, oh shit, you got it. Let's go. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and you had to get your left ear pierced because. Back then, thanks to uh, right. mass, massive homophobia, yeah, if yeah. you had the right one pierced, you were gay. If you had them both pierced, you were gay. Uh, right. uh, you know, all well, that kind of stupid shit. Was... But but we got them. Oh, uh, go ahead. What were you going to say? No, I was just going to say, like, because you were mentioning, like, you know, like the gay, if it was in the wrong ear or whatever. Um, the, the thing with the, with the piercing of the ear is, like, you mentioned it was, like, a rock and roll thing. It was... But for a very short period of time, like, like in the eighties, like it was like, okay, guys got their peers, like, you know, heavy metal rock and roll. Uh, but by the end of the eighties or even sooner, like people that weren't rock and roll were getting it. Like the squares were getting it, you know, like it was supposed to like piss off like all those people, but then they started getting, you'd see like a fucking, like, you know, fucking yuppie businessman with a diamond in his ear. So it kind of lost its power. Sparkle, sparkle. It, it but really it lost its it lost its power and it became so mainstream that by the time I was old enough to get one, I was like I just thought it was like douchey for a guy to get one, and uh, that and to me it was like no nah, that's really more for women, um, so that that was my personal take on it. But I know a lot of people really a lot of guys really embrace that culture. A lot of guys are really into like the serious piercing and all of that. I personally will never <laughs> never understand that. But I accept it and I support it and people can do what they want to do. It's their body. You know, like I, I like to masturbate furiously until I shave. It's my body. I'll do what I want. But other people, they decide to mutilate themselves and, and put, you know, bars through their nose mm-hmm. and, and, and their mm-hmm. genitals. And that's their thing. And you know what? I, I, um, I had a one night stand with a girl once uh, and I didn't know until she got undressed that she was like super pierced. Like she had a lot of earrings in her ears. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then when she got undressed, her nipples were pierced. Her clitoris was pierced. Nice. Uh, it wasn't nice. It was weird. I was like, what the fuck is this? Like I had never like, she had like several rings in her genitals. And I was like, what the, f-? like, it was really weird to me. Um, it, uh, I don't know. I did. I, I, I didn't care for it personally. Uh, but 
a lot of people like that. But it was kind of a surprise because, like I said, it was like you know a one night stand, and you know I got this girl, and she was a very pretty girl, very attractive. And then it was just like, oh, you're 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 like a Cenobite. You're covered in all this metal, you know. So it's just it it's just not something you're into particularly. No, I I almost wanted to ask her to take all that stuff out. Are you fucking serious? I was I was, I was about to not call didn't you a do nerd, it. but now I didn't I'm do it. Super nerd. No, I don't like that. I don't like that. That's just you my personal preference. Can't ask somebody before you. I didn't do it. To take out their shit. I didn't do it. I'm glad you didn't. But I would have enjoyed it more if she did. I bet you wouldn't have. I would have. I would you have. Been thinking about it the whole time. No, I just I I didn't think about it, but um, uh, no, that's just my personal preference. It's what I'm attracted to, like. I like the girl next door. Like, I like that kind of look. I don't like... No, like, a lot of guys don't. A lot of guys want a girl who's, like, tattooed and pierced and all this stuff. I don't. I want, like, I want, like, I want the girl who doesn't have all of that. That's what I like. That's my personal preference. I want the girl next door. I don't want the girl who looks like she will get thrown up on a pool table anytime. You know, like, I want the girl next door. It's what I like. You have you're such like a fucking funny duddy. I know. Like this fucking no, you're fucking funny as hell, dude. With this like, well, if she looks like that, she's obviously getting thrown up on a pool table and fucked every night. But like, that's not like, true. It's, it's not like true. this. Uh, that's not true. I'm reading I was this, just like, throwing a funny thing out there. Like, I know. no, it's funny. That's what I'm saying. Like, yeah, just, yeah. you're presenting it in the way that you're. You know, like, it, it's you know like, what? <laughs> She's no good. <laughs> you know, like, no if you, good. No, and I and like, no, I clearly don't think that. Like, you know, I married a woman who had two tattoos. So, you know, and and a belly button ring. So I I don't think that. I'm just just talking about what my preference divorce, is. So I also divorced her it. because of that. Yes, uh, but uh, no, no, no. It's like. I, I've been with I've had several girlfriends stuff who had tattoos and all that stuff, but um I'm just talking about my own personal preference. Like if I'm watching a porn movie, right? Uh nice, which I do nice. very often. If yeah. I'm watching a porn And we're and, gonna post all those links uh in the chat, so check that out. I don't think anyone needs them at this point. In this point in time, like porn is like you no. can't even avoid it if you want to. I don't know, we're just gonna post our favorite links. Oh, I thought you were gonna if post wanna... the ones that I star in. Yeah. But... Oh, those are already up. Those are everywhere. Not supposed to. No, they're everywhere. People just type my name in, and like eighteen porns show up. You just like type KR, and then it's just like. Then there it is. Yeah, Chris. I mean, that's more known. I'm more known for that than I am for my fucking books. That's true. Uh, That's true. That's why I wrote so many books about pornography, like body art. Uh, But anyway, um, that's how. Now I don't even remember what the fuck I was. We were talking about piercings, and I wanted to. I wanted to do a little bit of an aside, but I also wanted to say, like, you know, you have this, uh, you know, you you very have this nice, very uh, opinion of um, tattoos, and that is fine. And I think that uh, ladies... again, though, wait, wait, I need to interrupt. But again, I have had several serious relationships with wonderful women who had tattoos. I'm not saying that they're all bar trash. I was just making a joke of like, I like the girls who don't have i i like the girls who who have that girl next door look that's all and if you are the girl next door you should call the Corey hotline at 832-930-1347 tell us how many tattoos you have 
Let us know what your coverage percentage is. We'll weigh you up against our map. We have a, a Venn diet. We have like a one of those charts. We're going to go aside and up. And then uh, if you're uh, within the criteria, you know, congratulations. That's all uh, I, I don't, I what, don't know. What, like you just didn't have, you had no ending for that bit. <laughs> no, I just want to know how many, the tattoos and we're going to okay. put it on the chart. And then but you uh, said if they were the girl next door that yeah, they should yeah. call. I thought you were going to try to set me up with a, with a, 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 a nice uh chaste woman if you're uh if you are a chaste nice woman you're probably not listening to this show but if if a car if a car is driving past you and the window happens to be down while this part is playing and you are that girl next door please call 832-930-1347 the Corey hotline and leave a message for christopher triana for for me yes uh if you are a nice chase woman, not only are you not listening to this, but you probably don't want to be involved with me in any way. Uh, because even though I like uh, nice, sweet girls next door, I'm a horrible, horrible, twisted, weird person. So, Aren't we all? Can I tell one quick story about piercing? So, I, no. uh, so going back, no? You absolutely cannot. Okay. So um, move, moving on. <laughs> okay. Our first topic is... Uh, <laughs> We do need to get to that. We've been running long, but go ahead. Tell, That's tell okay. Your story. This is a long form discussion. That's what I tell people when like, you know I what's, pitch it to them. Before you get, can I just say when we talk? Please like, talk, say it. I'm sorry. I don't mean to interrupt, but I have you're, to you're tell fine. you because I, I, it's funny. My buddy Tom, shouts out Tom. Uh, Tom shouts out. Like my, my oldest, dearest friend. Um, he listens to every episode. Uh, he travels. Thank you, Tom. He travels a lot. I was just talking to him yesterday and he's like, yeah, I listen to every episode, but you know, what's funny is he listens to it because the shows are so long and he wants to get them all in. He listens to it at 1.5, the speed. Oh, I fuck. Yeah. I've heard of people doing that before. Yeah. Yeah. Could like, we sound I, like uh, the chipmunks. Like, well, that's what I yeah, said. Well, I know. Well, that's what like, I, that's what I said. Yeah. It's the Christmas time of year. No, he, uh, but he was like, no, no, it's not, it's not like that at 1.5 speed. If you get to two speed, it's like that. You sound like chipmunks, but he's like, it's not bad at 1.5 speed. And he's able to listen to it a little faster, you know, make more of the time. And I just think it's so funny. And I was like, that's, that's so weird. Why would you do that? And he said, and he told me this cause he's a dad, you know, I'm not, you're not, uh, but he has two young, two boys. Uh, one of them's 20 now, which blows my mind. And the other one is, uh, 16, 15, 16. Um, Old and he's like, and he's like, yeah, all the kids do this when they're watching videos, when they're watching anything, because that like their generation, uh, is impatient, you know, because they're, they're so used to instant gratification with like, you know, the internet and everything. Um, and he's like, yeah, they, they watch and listen to everything at 1.5 speed. Yeah. So should we, uh, when we release this, should we slow it down by 1.5 <laughs> so that when they speed it up, it'll be regular. Well, I think we should talk really fast just like this so Tom can't listen to it. <laughs> a micro machines. I gotta remember that guy. <laughs> yeah, micro that guy was cool, dude. Micro machines guy. Shouts out. Rest in power. Uh, I remember those. Uh, anyway, go on. Uh, tell your piercing story. Just so, like, when I was in high school, uh, I did theater and, and, and speech tournaments. I've, I've talked about that before. Uh, that was my, you know, I was very heavily involved in that. And uh, four touchdowns in one game. Four touchdowns in one game. And our like I, the high school that I went to uh, spring high back then, like it was so strict, first of all, the dress code. And then and then what my like our, you know, coach held the standard that the coach held us to as well. Now, that same exact school, 
like kids have face tattoos and like we couldn't have hair that touched the collar of our shirt yeah uh you know if you had any stubble you had to dry shave in the in the bathroom like it was it was that like that's the difference i just want to let like people know like that was so um and then our like speech and debate like the two coaches like they held us to some huge like they wanted us to be so fucking perfect and polite and I never show any like fucking differentiator motion or anything just be like fucking wearing our shit so we definitely couldn't get away with anything uh there which is that's what you think you could get away with it but anyway we had to wear like super like suits and all the shit so anyway all our, we had these earrings and if we took them out, like they were going to close up. So I, you know, that re- same kind of retainer I said that I wore in my labret, I wore in my ear and I did this. Um, so we went to this, this one tournament and my coach, the inter, the, the, the acting coach, she had like ankle surgery or some fucking shit. So she couldn't be at that tournament. So it was just the debate coach was yeah. like in charge of all of us. And so I doing my, uh, I'm doing, de- uh, dramatic, dramatic interpretation piece. And, I uh, I'm wearing this clear retainer in my ear, which is I've been approved to wear by like my fucking coach. And I uh, I do my thing and whatever. And then the semi, you know, because it was like prelim semis finals. I do my thing, whatever. I go home. I go back to the cafeteria. We're hanging out, fucking getting into trouble, whatever. And and the, the debate coach comes out to the cafeteria shortly after that and is like, John Wayne, I need to speak to you right now. And I was like, Uh-oh. okay. And like, he pulls me into the hallway by myself with him. And he's like, I cannot believe that you wore that earring when Miss Green specifically told you not to. And I was like, I didn't wear my earring. I don't even have my earring. And he's like, oh, yeah, look at this. And he like fucking pops out like the ballot from the round. And the judge wrote um, this performance would have been much better had it not been for the distracting uh, <laughs> sparkle in the in in right. the ear, like it, like that. And I was like, okay, I don't wow. know. And and he's like, I can't believe it. Like you would just lie to my face. And I I instantly, you know, what I talked about, like I'm not afraid of confrontation. Like yeah, I instantly yeah. was like, fucking lying. What are you talking about? I'm wearing this this right here. And I'm like pointing to my ear. And he's like. <clears throat> He he's like, you know, tries to yell at me. I'm like, no, fuck you. This is what I'm wearing. He's like, call your father. You're going home. And I was like, good. Yeah. And then I like went and called my dad. And, uh, and then he called my coach, Miss Green. And I had to talk to her and on the phone. And she's like, John Wayne, did you wear, were you wearing an earring? I was like, no, I wasn't. I was wearing the retainer, the one that you told me I could wear, the one that I showed you. And you said, yes, you can wear that. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I can't believe the way that you you, you talk to Mr. Ellis like that. And I'm oh, just yeah. saying, that, and I was like, I don't fucking care. I was like, I'm not lying. Like, he called me a liar. And yeah. uh, so she's like, well, we'll talk about this on Monday. And I was like, whatever. And so then my dad came and got me, and he had to talk to the coach. And my dad can be like a scary dude. And the guy's like, well, he just, it says here that he was wearing an earring. And, the, and, and I just, I told him, and I, he just said he wasn't. And my dad said, okay. <laughs> and he's like. Well, I mean, I think he was lying. And he's like, my boy's not a liar. He's like, uh, well, I mean, it just says here on the ballot that he was wearing an earring. And he's like, let me see it. Does it say earring? Well, it says sparkle. I was like, okay, so he's wearing this thing? He's like, yes. Yeah. So, I mean, he's like, okay, well, are we done here? He's like, I guess so. And he's like, all right, bye. And so we left. And bonus to the story. 
stopped at the at Walmart and bought a Sony PlayStation on the way home. But Richie Rich, oh, no. <laughs> in another story, my grandmother, rest in power, uh, rest in played, power. played the numbers uh, every day up in where she lived in Pennsylvania, which the number is. Uh, it's like a betting thing. You you know, people bet on it. It's the last three numbers of what the horse track earns at the end of the day. Uh, and it's just like a random kind of illegal lottery. And she played it all the fucking time. And I gave her a number, which was the number of the bus on. Uh, if you watch the movie, A Bronx Tale, the mm. bus that Robert De Niro drove, that number I gave to her. I said that Alphonse Capone came to me in a dream and gave it to me. And she played it and she won. Twenty five hundred dollars. And so at the time, a PlayStation was $200. So she like had sent me the money to buy a PlayStation. And so because I was so upset and it was all fucking fucked up, we stopped on the way home and got the PlayStation that day. And right. what a glorious time. And that's what I and that and see what piercings get you. And you know what else? <laughs> I, those people all died unhappy mm. because they were chasing false happiness. Mr. Ellis and Miss Green, I don't care if you're listening. I hope you're dead. And that's what I have to say. Very good. Very good. Thank you. You know, it's funny you mentioned like your dad going to him and like my dad could be a very intimidating person, too, just because he was so mean. And uh, I remember like when I was young, I um, I, I wasn't into sports, but I, I love boxing. And so I took boxing and, you know, started you know boxing on a team. And uh, so in school. I was like, I uh, just like now, like I was not an instigator. I did not pick fights, but I also didn't take any shit from people. And so I started getting into trouble for being not just, not just being in fights, but winning fights. And, and like, I, and my dad told me this story later when I was older, he was like, yeah, I remember going to your school and, and the, uh, you know, the administrators, like, you know, he was talking to the Dean or whoever it was and being like, well, the problem isn't just that he fights, but he, he fights so professionally and just like, you know, knocks these kids out. And, Can I and say, my dad, crusty, my old dad, dean. crusty old what? dean, crusty old dean, crusty dude. old dean. He was the dean from fucking Breakfast Club, uh, and uh, what was that guy's name? Paul Gleason, I think. Um, but uh, anyway, uh, yeah. And my dad was just like, well, what the fuck? So like, it's worse that he knows how to end a fight quickly. You know, like. He just like just totally, you know, just basically told him to fuck off, you know, because they were kind of like attacking him. They're like, well, you know, why does your son know how to fight so well? <laughs> you know, <laughs> and it was like, well, he, he fucking takes boxing, you know. So these men are cowards, Donnie. These these men are. That's cowards. what I have to say about that. All right, so now that we've jabbered on about this, um, and everyone's listened to it at two times speed, just get past it. Uh, shall we get into our our um stuff or our topics i think we should stuff and our it. segments i mm -hmm. i think i think everyone thinks we should stuff it <laughs> particularly me <laughs> hit the cough okay. button hit the cough button <laughs> every time i say you fucking i appreciate you censoring yourself so, yeah yeah He's got this great mute button because I told him he needs to stop ca stop coughing and burping and farting right into the microphone. Uh, so I really appreciate it. Yeah, no problem, dude. I watched like a Bob Euchre YouTube video on how to do it. So rest in power, the Uke. Um, so uh, should we uh, 
Yeah, we should get on to stuff like a segment, like maybe the first lots, segment. That we lots do. of stuff. Like I, you know, we got a lot of stuff to talk about. So let's move we on. To our, sir, for, ugh, let's move on to our first segment, which is. Of the week. All right. So this uh, this week's book uh, is a little book by our mutual friend Max Booth three. Max Booth the third. Shouts out. Um, He's one, hashtag one of the bad boys of indie lit. Totally one of the bad boys of indie lit. He uh, not only is an author, but he's also uh, one of the heads of Perpetual Motion Machine Publishing. Uh, they actually put out two of my books, uh, The Ruined Season, which was my first published novel, uh, and a novella I wrote called The Detained. Uh, and Max and I have worked together for a, a long time, actually. He uh, uh, he published one of my short stories in an anthology way back in 2012. So that's like eight years ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I believe Max was uh, 15 at the time because he's, <laughs> he's he started in the business young. Yeah, he's 11 right now. He's Benjamin Button. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, Ruin Season, also one of my very, uh, one of my favorites by you, by the way. Well, if I can you. S your D. Uh, that, it's cool, and it's cool that they published it, too, because shouts out Texas, San Antonio. They're in San Antonio. Yeah, yeah. And as you know, I'm in Houston, 33rd, 3rd Coast. Shouts out. Yes, you are. Yes, you are. Uh, yeah, Texas publisher. Uh, so the uh, Max has written several books, but the one that I'm going to talk about right now is very topical. Uh, it's a book called, uh, it's kind of a novella, uh, maybe, maybe reaches a novel. Uh, it's called, we need to do something. Uh, and it's a book, uh, that is about, uh, a family that, uh, and as it says on the back family on the verge of self-destruction finds themselves isolated in their bathroom during a tornado warning. Uh, what happens is there's a tornado <laughs> warning. So they rush into the bathroom. That's like the safest place. Uh, but then they end up getting stuck in the bathroom because a tree falls on their house and they can't open the door uh, because it's the tree's right up on the door. Um, mm-hmm. So when I heard that premise, I was very excited about the book because uh, I because I like that kind of thing. I like where it's like, a, you know, a writer or a filmmaker working in a very limited environment and where they have to focus more on the characters and the dialogue I like that kind of thing. So I was very excited to read the book. And I've read several of uh, Max's books uh, over the years. Uh, and, uh, and, I, and I like his writing style. He, you know, he has uh, a grasp on horror, but he also has a, a very firm grasp, grasp on comedy. He's a very funny guy. I was going to say he's extremely witty. Yeah. He's sharp I, as like, like when you start getting into like a riff, like a back and forth with Max, you're like uh, right away. Like the first time I did, I was like, "Oh shit, this guy's legit. Let's go," you know. And uh, you can take it to the mat with him, but he will. Yeah. Like I've talked about it on my podcast when we tabled together, just <clears throat> calling everybody that walked by the table a Batman, and just sticking to it is. It, it's just, it's perfection, dude. He's he's very very fucking witty. Anyway, yeah, he's very funny, dude. Very funny, dude. Um. So anyway, uh, back to the book. Um, the book ended up, uh, you know, I've read the, this is uh, a book I actually read. Um, you know, a lot of times we'll do, uh, we'll premiere a book on Book of the Week that just came out, so I haven't had time to read. This came out a little uh, a, a little while ago, a couple of weeks, uh, maybe a month or two. Uh, and uh, I really liked the book. It was, a, it was a lot of fun. It went in a very different direction than I would have expected, uh, but I still liked it. Mm. Uh, and apparently... 
Uh, other people really liked it too because Max made a screenplay version of this that actually got picked up and has been made into a film that is now in post-production. So couldn't be happier for Max. He's entering the big time here, has an actual feature film coming out. Uh, so, you know, shouts out to you, Max. Uh, I'm really happy for you. Hell yeah, dude. Congrats, man. Fuck yeah. yeah. I, uh, I'm and and Texas. Shouts out. And shouts out Texas. But no, I mean, he's, he's very, you know, well-deserving of this. He's a talented writer. Yeah, yeah, he's, he's also awesome. done a lot. He's also done a lot for other writers with his press, mm-hmm. um, you know, including myself. Uh, so I'm happy for him. And yeah, the book is called We Need to Do Something. Uh, you know, Get on this now, folks. Love it before it was cool because the movie's going to come out. And then this book is going to have you know, a cover with the people on the, in the movie on the cover. Uh, and so get on it now before it really takes off. Oh, uh, shit. Dude, is somebody already on, on board to, to write the novelization of the movie? Because, <laughs> the because we got to get on that shit. Dude. <laughs> right, right. Oh, my gosh. We got to get connected to that. Uh, well, yeah. So anyway, um, highly recommend it. I'm going to hold it up to the camera again. We need to do something by Max Booth, the third available from perpetual motion machine publishing and look for that movie coming sometime in the future, probably in 2021, I'm guessing. Um, so yeah, that's really, really cool. Uh, so now that we covered that, um, I think it's time for our next segment, which is ridiculous. Reads. How ridiculous it is sometimes to read things. Mm-hmm. It's ridiculous. To waste your time reading when you could be watching videos on YouTube of kids. At 2.5? Two, at 2. At 2.5? How ridiculous is it to read when you could be watching YouTube videos at 2.5 of kids unwrapping toys? That does blow my mind, and uh, I've watched kids watching that from yeah, behind the glass. Real thing. This is a real thing. There's like you could watch millions of videos. Of this. Yeah, like this is what kids watch. They watch other kids open a toy and play with it. It's like it's insane. You know, it, like I was like I was talking with my buddy Tom about this, about how like shout out Tom, Tom, how um we were just talking yesterday about how different this generation of kids is and how they live life through a screen. They've never known a world without internet or without social media. And, um, you know, like we were talking about how, like when it snows, you know, like we've both experienced this where we go outside and it's snowing. And when we grew up and it snowed and it was heavy snow, everybody was outside. Everyone was like building fucking Hoth from empire strikes back and snowman and having snowball fights. Now I go outside to shovel snow, dead silence. You know, and he has this, he's had the same experience, you know, uh, it's just a very different life that these kids live. You know, they would rather watch a kid unwrap a toy on YouTube than actually go out and play in the snow. And it's, and it's sad and I'm old and I like well, the girl next door rather than all the right. cool chicks with your tattoos and your purple hair and whatever you do. And to be fair, you do live in a, a secluded 30 days of night type situation. Oh, I do. So but, there's but even vampires to deal with as well. There is. But no, even when I didn't live in the middle of nowhere, um, it's like it's the same thing. Like, you know, like I would go out when I lived in Massachusetts, too. You know, it's like 
you go out in a, in a snowstorm and instead of like, like their kids just being everywhere or even just adults, it's just like dead silence, you know, um, and kids don't come by and try to get 10 bucks from you just to shove your driveway or, or walkway or whatever. You know, they're just all inside, like, you know, and like th- this is coming from a guy who's a dad and he's like, yeah, they just kids. This generation is just all online, you know, and that's why, you know, like when you meet teenagers and talk to them like half of them can't even look you in the eye because they like they've spent so much time like all their social interaction is through a screen and through text messages where nothing is very personal or um uh so anyway uh, what's your ridiculous reason (laughs) just i'm like old man yells at cloud right now and i should just shut up because i've just been terrible this whole episode. no you're, you're absolutely fine you're you're 100 fine and you're not terrible do not ever say that well i know I'm i do want to point out to uh the kids that are uh watching this on the internet to make sure to go to chrisandjohnwayne.com to interact with us uh specifically on our twitter anyway uh the, the my ridiculous reads is uh it's a, something different we've been doing a lot of novelizations we've been doing uh you know, some different things here and there like that. So I'm taking it a little bit off that that beaten path. And I, I've decided to read from a, a very important book, which is given to me called um, Etiquette for Outlaws. I'm showing oh, it to the oh. uh, to the screen. It right says now. strip club secrets revealed. On well, it uh, does good. say that uh, it is by Rob Cohen and David Wallach. This was given to me some years ago. And like I'm and this ties into what we were talking earlier about looking tough and having tattoos. Like this was given to me because they were like, oh, this guy has tattoos. He'll like this book. Um and it and uh if I can can I read the back to you? Of course. I would prefer. Okay. So the back of this says, curious to find out, Colin, what to wear to a fetish ball. The difference between sticky green and backyard boogie? Which piercing has the worst pain factor? How to find the best bookie? Find out answers to these questions and many more as Etiquette for Outlaws teaches you how to live up, live it up in style with tips on tattoos, graffiti, suicide, motorcycles. Wait, wait, what? Suicide? Yep. <laughs> Yep. Tips on suicide. It's on suicide. Gambling. Well, maybe this book would be good for me, after all. I'm sending it to you. Strip clubs. Alternative sex. Drinking. This make this is weird. Drinking swinging. I think they forgot to put a um a comma. Yeah. Yeah. Well, their 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 version of the comma in this list that I'm reading Semicolon. is actually I'm sorry. It, it's it's the devil semicolon in that it's actually a little skull and crossbones that they're putting in between ah. each thing. And I think they forgot to put it there because it just says drinking swinging altogether. And that that's can't the best kind of swinging is when you're drunk. So you don't and remember. Those, as you, we've talked about those key parties that ruined so many yes. families. Well, I mean, uh, if you're drunk and you don't remember, does it really count that you cheated on your wife? I don't remember. Drinking, swinging. <laughs> Good answer. Gangs. Jailhouse fighting and your favorite piercing. So, this is uh, supposed to be teaching you like etiquette for these type of situations. And uh, if you happen to be an outlaw type, I guess, as some people will classify some certain people. But I'm going to read right now from a passage from this, if I could, or a section or a segment. This is called Strip Clubs The Naked Truth. <laughs> and it starts we start with a quote nudity 
or in a state of nudity means the showing of the human genitals, pubic area, buttocks, or female breast with less than a filiopate covering below the horizontal line across the top of the areola at the areola's highest point. This is a taken from a local city ordinance. What city? It's been omitted. And then we follow it up with a quote that says, I've always depended on the kindness of strangers. Blanche Dubois, streetcar named Desire. So um, we get right into it here. Um, the opening trombone wail of Sonny Lester's striptease anthem is familiar to us as the Star Spangled Banner. In other words, like booze, smoking, and poker, naked, jiggling flesh is a classic American vice. And it's not just for outlaws anymore. The sleazy stigma once attached to strip clubs and nudie bars has all but dissipated. These days, strip joints are popping up from the airport to the burbs. And more and more respectable men, in quotes, and women, which is not in quotes, are deciding that these <laughs> establishments are perfectly acceptable venues for entertainment as well as employment. There are places to party, put your hair down, get close and personal with a 3D fantasy. So uh, th- we're going to get into what the uh, kind of rules they've laid out is degrees of undress. The general rule of thumb is that the amount of clothes removed is inversely proportional to the availability of alcohol. In other words, and I've experienced this myself in, re- in reality, in IRL, as the kids say, in other words, the girls take it all off. If if the girls take it all off, there will be no booze. As laws governing nudie bars are city-controlled, there really aren't any hard and fast rules. Before we get into our discussion of etiquette, here's a quick rundown of the basic types of clubs. So what that saying is, like, uh, they do these BYOB clubs where they're fully nude. Right. And you have to bring your own beer, but they charge you a cooler fee, and they charge you a bottle yeah. fee when you yeah, walk in. Yeah, and, and, like, your membership or whatever it is. Yeah, yeah it, it's it's all these little... Or so I've heard. Uh, yeah, I was there with you. Bikinis and pasties. No, I, I just I, want to I, read I, a few of these if I can. Uh, the the degrees of undress. Because okay. I want I got into a, a discussion about implied nudity when discussing a uh, R- Russ Meyer uh, film with some people, and I was told I was yelling. Uh, but you know, um, I this is this is what you know. This is kind of what this relates to the degrees of undress. Bikinis and pasties. Bikini dance clubs are the lowest levels of strip bars. Relying on descriptions like exotic. These establishments do not permit nudity, requiring their gals to make creative use of nipple-obscuring pasties or electric tape. Colorful strands of dental floss masquerading as bikini tops and bottoms. Most feature fully stocked bars, and many have little or no coverage charge. Now, bikini bars, I don't know. I mean, you could... Those are kind of lame, I think. Um, there's not, too, I mean, they're that's like a Hooters, right? I mean, well, I think it's a little more than a Hooters. Like, it's a girl still, like, Hooters girls don't like dance and wear skimpy outfits and like nip, uh, nipple um, pasties or whatever. I actually like those. I like, like, the burlesque show, like, type of deal. I like that. No, that's cool. Yeah, I, I, um, I do like burlesque a lot and have a lot of friends that do it. But I don't think this is specifically. Yeah, I guess this is covering a swath of bars, but it's not specifically. I like when they leave a little something to the imagination. I like, you know, and you would. Of course I would. Kiss her. Uh, I I, I love to kiss. I love to kiss. Ladies, 
what's that number? Ah, oh, god damn it, I don't have it. I'm surprised. <laughs> it's uh, 832-930-1347, the Corey Hotline. Corey Hotline. Uh, by the way, we need to re- we need to record that incoming message uh, before we get off this episode tonight. We do. Uh, but yeah, call that hotline if you're interested in sweet, sweet, you know, uh, kisses. Uh, what uh, you know, as a wise man once said, the more powerful the pucker the i don't remember the more passionate the kiss yeah, but it, it sounded cooler than that when urkel said it but he said it and i live by it dr Stephen urkel as we know dr urkel my man so our next one is topless time oh letting just the tops fly means in most cities that you can still serve booze Topless tends to be the most popular type of club since there's lots of money in alcohol and it's easy to take a horny drunk's money cover charges vary that's true. This is where you get like the uh, high, higher class type of strip clubs that do charge a lot of money, bottle service. They're just topless. They mm-hmm. they tend to have like a, a little bit of air of class to them where you like are like, yeah, we're we're doing business here. You know, it's, it's <laughs> but it's just a it's just a it's no one's doing business there unless they're criminals. Well, I mean, really, come on. I mean, you know, it's just a fun time, but. It's uh, nothing against criminals like drug deals and money laundering. Those are really important American businesses. I mean, no disrespect. Right. But like topless bars. Yes, that's like that's it. And it's it's um, I've been to a lot of them and you tend to get like uh, you if you're just like trying to hang out at a strip club and just like have some beers and you're talking to your buddy or whatever, like it is a hunt. uh, You you you're just like preyed upon. Oh, absolutely. By the, you by the strippers. You, can't you cannot it. sit and no, talk. You can't. you can't. Because they're just like, boom, you want to dance? You want to dance? You're a kid. Blah, 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 blah. Yeah. So it's it's not really somewhere to go hang out in that way. Mm-hmm. Um, or do business. <laughs> unless you can do it really quickly. Or yeah. yes. you can you sit next to your business partner that you're doing business with while you both get dances. <laughs> both and you get talk dance. to each other. Yeah. Yeah. Um, back and forth. Next one. Butt naked. Fully new. Is just that. Oh, natural. Well, the laws vary from city to city. Many totally nude, a.k.a. nude, nude, nude. I don't know why that was necessary. Clubs do not serve alcohol. This dry policy makes the club 18 and up friendly and justifies a higher charge at the door. Even if the gals are nude, nude, nude. On stage, they might be legally required to cover up a bit before coming down on the floor to flirt with customers. Have you been to a fully nude strip club? No, that was the first club, strip club I ever went to. Uh, Nick P took it, took me to it. Uh, I told I tell the story on my other podcast, Johnny Lied to You. But yes, the first one we went to was that I was 19. Um, mm-hmm. We took in a bottle of whiskey and a full cooler of beer. And once we got in, it was just like the Wild West. I was just like drinking. I, you know, I looked like I was 12. I'm just like drinking beer and whiskey. And uh, the funny thing was I went in there and there was a, a, a four top table sitting there of guys that. I went to high school with that were my age and they're all sitting there with beers like, Hey man, what's up? How are you? I fancy seeing you here. Yeah. Uh, I was like, yes, isn't it? So you, but yeah, those places are weird too. Yeah. Very dirty. Don't turn the lights on in that place. No, I, that that's why I haven't been to one. It's like, that's a little too skanky for me. Oh, that's why. Mm-hmm. Okay. Fair enough. It is. Next theme. I'll, oh. I'll tell you my, my strip club stories uh, when you're done. 
Theme clubs are all over the map. I can't wait. There is no alcohol served at the renowned Mitchell Brothers in San Francisco, but they do offer live onstage lesbian action complete with foreign object penetration. On the flip side, Manhattan's gay bar club splash features on bar showers, which they do a lot in Vegas shows as well, where the male dancers will literally shower nude, then strut their stuff on the long bar while telling off. It begs the question of where men should put their tips. Meanwhile, the famous Hollywood <laughs> Tropicana boasts a full bar, lap dancing, mud and hot oil wrestling with nary and exposed nipple or nether region. So that's all I'm going to read on that. But this goes on from here to break down every aspect of going to a strip club. Mm -hmm. An important manual to have, um, kind of stating the obvious, but still good. Still good stuff. Yeah, and also, uh, you know, it's uh, it's a little dicey at times, I feel. <laughs> yes. It's, uh, maybe not. Maybe this is a book that uh, I should donate to uh, somewhere. The garbage, yeah. Yeah, the garbage can. <laughs> this would be a, a real good recycling item. Yeah. Uh, Too bad no, it's, no, no, it's no, signed it's... by the authors. Oh, well, no, not really. I'm just <laughs> there's just like there's just like a cum stain on there yeah. <laughs> that you assume is him. Yeah. I remember it's my own cum stain. <laughs> no, I mean, yeah, I mean, it. it uh, I'm sure that could be helpful to someone who's never been to one. Um, I personally, I've been to strip clubs like I could count on one hand how many times I've been to them. Uh, I really uh, I don't care for them personally. And not out of some like feminist ideal or whatever, because I think you know, like if women want to want to do that, I mean that's empowering in a way. And they're and like I think that the guys are the real suckers in that situation. They're these girls are pretending to like them and suckering them out of their money, and that's good for them, you know. Mm -hmm. uh, but that's exactly why I don't like them. Like to me, I don't need to go and pay a woman to take her clothes off. I can get a woman who will take her clothes off and actually have sex with me without having to pay them. Like I've never had a problem with that because I'm very attractive. You know that a strip club is different from a, a den of prostitution. Yes. Right. But I said, I don't have to pay them. Yeah. I have never paid for sex. I, nobody's telling, that nobody's I saying problem. that you have dude. but I don't have a problem with it. I think like, I don't think there's anything wrong with paying for sex, but I've never had to do it to me. It's like more of a matter of pride. Where are you casting like, aspersions on? Like, are you saying that I have paid for sex? No. Why I do you always like? You always take what I say and turn it like you use your own. Insecurities. We're the only two people here, so you take else? your own insecurities and turn it into some like insult against you. Uh, just because you paid for sex almost every time you've had it doesn't mean I was trying to attack you for it. There's nothing wrong with that. Okay, look, some families have a swear jar. We have a sex jar. I have to put money <laughs> in it every time I have sex with my wife. And we will be going to the Bahamas this year because of it. So thank That's you. Very good. Very sex good. Jar. I'm glad. Um, uh, but like to me, it was always like, I don't. I don't need to pay to get into a place and pay 10 bucks for a fucking drink to have these these strippers, like you said, basically harass you constantly. Like, were really fucking kidding me? Thirty bucks to have you like dance in my lap through one song, Pretty and something. I don't even get to touch you? Are you fucking kidding? No. If I wanted to pay for something sexual, I would get a prostitute. Oh, but Christopher! I, 
But no, to me, like it's 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 a waste of money, and it's an insult to me as a man. Like I am, I am way too much man to have to pay a woman to dance naked in my lap. That's for fucking nerds, dude. That's for fat guys who can't get it anywhere else. I can get a woman to fuck me. It's not a problem. And, and nobody's denying that. But I do want to say, oh, sweet Christopher, you. They say, uh, of course, it's you, you. No, there's no touching, no nothing, but. Uh, let me just uh, to quote Fran Drescher in Spinal Tap: "Money talks and bullshit walks." Yeah, if you I, uh, pay enough, sure. Yeah. You don't even have to. It's it's a it's a slippery slope back there. But let me tell you this: I used to uh, I like going. To, I like strip clubs in the sense that I really like the um, transgressiveness of it. I like, you like that. It, you like it for the articles. I like I like it. No, I like the naked ladies. I love naked ladies. I have no problem I, saying that. I do too. And and that's that's great. Like I don't I but I just enjoy the uh the feeling of like I'm you're, we're not supposed to be here like type of thing. I also really like that. But there was a strip club that uh one of my bands played at many times uh that was uh, on the north side of Houston that's since closed down, but it was awesome to play at a strip club uh it's just you know you were upstairs and the the main stages were downstairs and there was all the private rooms um that you walked by and there was no doors on them and uh one time we walked by one and this guy's like straight up like the just has this chick on on uh has his dancer on a bench just like just chowing down on her puss like it's like the last meal he's gonna have and one of my buddies that uh walked by like we all walked by like oh shit look and like uh he walked by and he's since passed rest in power but he's he just stops and looks in the room and says who eats out a stripper and then just walks (laughs) past dude but it was fucking awesome like being backstage like i was back behind like the stage drinking like codeine from a bottle of strippers i mean shit like that is is awesome to me uh i like that so i think it's fun but it is unfortunate that it's nine dollar beer night every night like you said it's very uneconomical to go to a strip that's why i don't go to them you just hemorrhage cash when you go to one of those places yeah you're already in the the red when you walk in you park i um i really don't like them um and uh i've never actually had a lap dance because I I think it's degrading to me, uh, because I have too much pride to to pay a woman to to lap dance for me. I've had lap dances in the sense that I've had women do it for me for free in the privacy of my own home. I don't I don't <laughs> I don't fucking pay for it. Uh, one I'm time I was like, "Do dude, jeez, you're getting on the defense here, man." No, no, I'm just like I like like to me that that's my problem with them. Um, one time I was at a club. And a guy that I was with, he he paid a girl to dance for me. And I was like, no, go dance for him. He paid for it. Dance for him. I don't want you in my lap. Get away from me. You know, I actually like told her, I was like, no, like, no, get away. Like, I'm not interested in that. Like, to me, it's a degrading thing to me. Um, not that there's anything wrong with that. If like, if people enjoy that, to go ahead and do it. But to me personally, I'm like, it, to me, it's an insult to my manliness, you know? So Anyway, I wanted to tell you these stories because they're kind of funny. A couple of times, maybe four times in my whole life, I think I've been to strip clubs. And uh, 
I was always kind of like a tag along, dragged there by other guys who wanted to go, usually for a friend's birthday, something like that. Um, and twice out of these four times, like I ended up seeing women that I knew. Uh, one time it was a girl I, I knew I went to school with, and she was doing her dance, and she saw me. And she was like all like happy. And then when she was done with her dance, she came over to me and she was like, Oh, Chris, oh my God, it's so good. And she's like wearing nothing. She's wearing like a G string. And she's like, That's Oh, nice. Chris, it's so good to see you. Blah, blah, blah. And she like, like jumps into my lap and like sits on me and is talking to me. And I wasn't like, Get the fuck off me because I knew her from, from school, you know? Uh, so that was kind of a funny thing. Because uh, my guys, the guys I was there with, were like, What the fuck? You know this stripper? And I'm like, Well, I know her as a person, I don't know her at, from strip clubs. But then another time, uh, I went to a strip club, and I was there because you know, it was a buddy of mine's birthday, and we went, and one of the girls comes out, this bl- little blonde thing, really cute, and I'm looking at her, I'm like, she looks familiar, oh shit, that's my ex-girlfriend. Nice. <laughs> yeah, this girl, uh, Angela, uh, who I dated very briefly. Shouts out, uh, Angela. Uh, yeah, she's probably dead. Uh, but uh, rest anyway. in power. <laughs> rest in power. Uh, no, hopefully she's not. But uh, yeah, it was this girl I dated very briefly, only a couple of months or whatever. But uh, she comes strutting out on the stage, you know, and uh, and and she sees me, and afterwards she's like, she's like, oh my god, it's so good to see you, blah blah, blah. you know, like whatever. Uh, and, and she's like, oh, let me give you a lap dance uh, for old times' sake, like for free. And oh, I'm like, and I'm like, well, what, what do you do? You know? And I was like, oh, okay. And I'm like, I don't when count in that. Rome, right? Yeah. I don't count that. Cause I didn't pay for it. Right. Uh, but like, so I tried to give her a tip afterwards and, I, and I'm just, hand, I'm, I'm just, no, I'm just handing it to her. No, I already gave her just the tip and more like when we were dating. Um, but I'm like, I'm like, okay. Like, I'm like, here, here's like 10 bucks, you know? And I'm just handing it to her. You know, and she's like, no, 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 no. Like, like, put it in my panties, put it like, you know, tuck it down. I'm like, I'm like, really? I'm like, just, just take the fucking money, you know? But she's like, no, no, stuff it into my panties. So I'm like, I put it in there and everything. And, uh, and uh, that, was the, you, dude. that was the last time I ever saw her. <laughs> but no, I hate those fucking places. In fact, uh, uh, my uh, bachelor party, um, I brought everybody to this redneck club. Uh, even though I lived in Massachusetts, like I found a place that had like a uh, working, uh, well, it was supposed to be working, a uh, mechanical bull and everything. And mm-hmm. I was like, let's go. We're going to see this live country band. We're going to do it up. And the place was totally like a cheesy, turned out to be a real cheesy fucking country bar. Um, you planned your own bachelor party? Is that what you're, I'm hearing? Well, no, I didn't like plan it, plan it. It's like I had an idea of what I wanted to do, you know? Okay. Uh, and my best man and and most of my groomsmen were uh, all of my groomsmen were living in florida because they were these were my friends that i knew forever that were my my guys and they weren't there Mm -hmm. because it was all the way up in massachusetts so it was just like me and a group of guys so yeah i kind of was just like here's what i want to do and we went to the place and it was fun it was a good time whatever but we ended up getting thrown out because one of my friends was a fucking asshole and always had to make a scene everywhere we went so we like had, had to leave early which pissed me the fuck off uh, and so sure enough, all the guys were like, well, let's go to the strip club. And I was like, I specifically told you guys, this is what I did not want to do. I don't like these places. I don't want to go to one. So we end up at one. And I'm like, I swear to Christ, if you guys like get a bunch of fucking 
strippers that dance all over me, I'm going to be pissed. And thankfully they didn't do it because I was seriously in their face about it. And I was bigger than all those fucking guys. Guys, you're such a nerd. I'm just going to punch the air. And if you I, get into I was that a total air. fucking I know I was fucking mad, dude. Like and I was bigger than all these guys. I, that's when I was like at the peak of my bodybuilding. I was like, I will seriously take you into the parking lot and fuck you up if you have a bunch of strippers paw all over me. I'm getting married. I'm faithful with my fucking woman. I don't want this shit. Such valor, dude. No, it's fucking true, goddammit. Like if my- you're gonna get married to somebody and you go out and like, oh, it's my last night of freedom. I'm gonna fuck a stripper. Or I'm gonna have a bunch of naked women. All like, fuck you, dude. Like, no, you're 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 making vows to to love someone forever. I take that shit seriously. Nobody was fu- nobody's fucking any strippers, dude. But mm-hmm. at my first bachelor party, uh, I was taken to a a, a a strip club here in Houston called Treasures. And immediately we were taken into the the VIP room or champagne room because all of this was planned ahead of time. And it was like a nonstop lapathon. Like every time a girl was done with a dance, another one sat down because all of these people had orchestrated this. Mm-hmm. And uh, <clears throat> I'd be lying if I said it wasn't awesome. I mean, uh, I really would. Uh, so, I mean, it was a fantastic time. Uh, and no, that's fine. A lot of people do that, but you know. I didn't pay for it. So, you know, that makes it even better. I like, according it, to your I, terms, I couldn't live with myself if I had a bunch of naked women all over me the day before I got married. You know, like, oh, well, I mean, I didn't have my bachelor party the day before I got married. I, I don't mean, mean the day before, but you know what I mean? Like, I'm talking about in general terms. Like, I, I, no, like that, that is not for me. And I know people are like, well, you end up getting divorced. You can't take it that serious. But no, like, like that was a whole separate issue that I'm not going to get into. Like well, I would have, I would have worked on it. I would have worked it out. No one's a question. I'm, I'm certainly not questioning your, your uh, ethics or morals on this. Um, if you, at if, all. and I don't think anybody. A vow, if you're making a vow to, to a woman to love them forever and love them specifically, yeah. you know, like that's it, dude. You don't fucking go like you don't do that shit. That's me. I'm old fashioned as hell as we've established. Well, that was my first bachelor party. Mm-hmm. My second one, you got you went straight to the prostitutes. <laughs> I went straight to church and uh-huh. got some custom kneelers made for my <laughs> groomsmen. With uh, I had their initials put on them, yeah. and, and then you and celebrated. We did, confe- and we did confession, and then you celebrated at Chuck E. Cheese. No, we are, there are several members of my party not allowed at a Chuck E. Cheese. <laughs> so we did not do that, but we did go straight home and uh, have a nice That's fine great. spaghetti dinner and go to sleep. Uh, can I tell you one quick thing about Chuck E. Cheese? I, I would love you to. This is really funny. My buddy Josh, shouts out Josh. Uh, Rest in great power. Guy, great guy. Um, uh, but he, he enjoys things like video games and skee-ball and stuff, right? Mm. So he goes to Chuck E. Cheese uh, at one no. time. Okay. But wait, by, by himself with no context? His, yeah, okay. Yes, yes, by himself. Right. Before, before you get too too far, let me ask. Is it because, is there like Time Cop 3 is only, the, like some game he wants to play, it's no, only at this just, Chuck E. Cheese? No, he's no, just, okay. he just innocently, innocently is like, I'm bored, I'm going to go to Chuck E. Cheese. No, we said nobody ever. No, but, said, Josh. <laughs> <laughs> said Josh. Said Josh. My good friend. Uh, and he just goes. 
and and totally innocently, you know. And he goes, and he's playing video games and skee ball, whatever the fuck. He's just you know having a good time. And like the manager comes up to him and is like, uh, "I'm sorry, sir, but I need you to leave." And he's like, "Why? What did I do?" And he's like, "Well, it's we just need you to leave. You know, you're a, a man by yourself in a Chuck E. Cheese, <laughs> and it's creeping out every literally everyone else." And so he got thrown out of Chuck E. Cheese. And then the best part is he told us, he told like his guy friends and we like clearly to this day make fun of him because like he's the creepy guy who got out of Chuck E. Cheese. That's pretty bad, dude. I mean, <laughs> come on. Did Wait, did, did he at least get to, I mean, did he at least get to wait till his pizza was done to take with him or? I don't know. I don't know. But no, like, no, like if anybody, like if you knew Josh, like he's, you know, like he's now married. He has several kids. He's a, he's a total family man. Great guy. He just wanted to go to Chuck E. Cheese and just have fun. But like, there's nothing really wrong with that. It's just like, it, like if, if you're a guy and you go into a Chuck E. Cheese by yourself or a school or anything like that, people immediately assume you're up to no good. You of know? course, that's and that's of course because that's usually true. <laughs> and that's a pro- Have you been to a chi- like a child's birthday party at a Chuck E. Cheese in the last say 15 years? I don't know if I've ever been to Chuck E. Cheese. Okay, it. so uh, when I was um, married to my my ex-wife, the one after the stripper bachelor party I told you about, mm-hmm. um, her nephew in Corpus Christi, I went to I went to a couple of of Chuck E. Cheese ba- uh, bachelor parties. That would be funny. No, <laughs> Chuck E. Cheese birthday parties. I mean, that's where I should have had my bachelor party. <laughs> and dude, they had fucking beer. So I was just like chugging pictures of beer at this birthday party and just like, yeah, let's play Terminator and ski ball. Like, it, so at least they had beer at that time. I think that's kind of weirder. Like, here I am just well, like, I don't I'm there with kids that I know, but like, I dude, don't it'd be awesome just to walk in. Your buddy walks in. He gets a pitcher of fucking Michelob, puts it on top of the Pac-Man, and just goes to town. He just, and he goes just, to town, just drinking off of it until he runs out. And of then the next, and then the next thing you know, he's doing the backstroke in the ball bin, baby. <laughs> that was his downfall, by the way. That was he, he flew was too close to the sun on wings of wax. He really should have left what he was done. He when he, once he got up. that high score and finished that Michelob, he should have yep. been out the door. Yeah, they finally had to throw him out when he was he was nude in the ball bin. Uh, yeah, that was the last straw. Maybe if he hadn't been fully erect uh, at the time, they wouldn't have had as big as a problem. But you know, uh, ball bins have a, a way of doing that to a man. So I mean, especially when you're nude. Have you ever been in a ball bin nude? It's no. quite. <laughs> <laughs> I actually have it. Shockingly. <laughs> Shockerly. <clears throat> hey, cough button. <laughs> okay so, yeah um back so anyway uh yeah i mean i probably have been to chuck e cheese as a kid but i don't remember um but uh you don't were you ever at showbiz pizza like do you remember like the uh, animatronic, like the rock of fire explosion nothing like that no, no we really were poor creepy. we were poor we weren't richie rich like so we didn't get to go to places like that I can't wait till I die and come back as Casper so I can just fucking haunt the shit out of you. Do it, dude. But I didn't. I like, we didn't go to even like McDonald's and shit. We didn't go there. You know, it was like my mom was like, well, I'll make you a hamburger at home. And it was like not nearly as awesome. Um, But uh, no, we didn't get fucking happy meals and shit. 
We didn't um, get Happy Meals and all that shit. No. Okay, I'm sorry I brought it up. Yeah, yeah. But my birthday, you know, my dad would give me a pack of cigarettes and say, "Smoke up, Johnny." Smoke up, Johnny. And I'm like, "I'm not Johnny." And he's like, "Shut up, Johnny." And then he year. And that was it. That was my birthday. Yeah. So and it's anyway. funny. It's funny that today, even today, you have like the birthdays of yours that I've attended since I've known you have been themed in that way. Like you make one of us actually wear one of your, your father's old shirts <laughs> and punch and, me. and, and yeah. And then it's, <laughs> and then give you cigarettes and make you smoke them. And, uh, no one's allowed to talk till you're done, but then at least we get cake and that is some good fucking cake, dude. It is worth it. You know what? I just realized this week, what? Like, we've been doing this show for like two and a half hours. We haven't even gotten to, to our fucking topic. <laughs> The topic is us, baby. I guess so. I think we need to save the topic for another show at this point. Do you think? I'm. I mean, that's fine. We're just like it's been on. We've been doing this for a long time. We haven't even we've gotten been, to it. We've been recording for one hour and fifty minutes at this point. Yeah, two hours, and we haven't even gotten to the topic of the show. So uh, you, I think yeah, we blew I it. I think. It. I think the topic this week is one, two, three, four. Babbling nonsense. <laughs> it's called grounding ourselves in strip club reality. <laughs> I don't know. Hey, this is fine though. This is this no, is the it's kind fine, of stuff but there's, that there's clearly there's clearly not time to cover no. our topic that we were going to talk about. You're uh, right. It's, it's a it's an important topic. It is I, an important topic. I will go on and on about it. So yeah, we kind of shit the bed on it because we're just talking gibberish but whatever it's still a good so can we still keep talking are you hanging up on me are you no, we are, up we're, me? we're done like i'm so disappointed in both of us it's over yeah. is it because of this the, the background that i did in the lights no or? the background's very cool your your fake books that's pretty cool is it because of the the strip club stories or no um i i no i i had mine i had mine can i tell you another funny strip club story yes please all right. So um, I have a, a, a buddy of mine whose name he's I've, ta I've talked about him before. Reverend Butter is his name. He's a nice yeah. sculptor. He's an artist. Great. Great name. Great name. He does like leather leather work like he's fucking immensely talented and, and performs. He's an excellent performer. So one like he he uh, he throws awesome parties, by the way. And he's also like made shot blocks for a lot of parties that I've had like like one, uh, I think I told you it was, it was a huge giant ice dick that yes, I had for my ex-wife's birthday thing. Actually, I think like, you, you did it on the show. You talked about it. Yeah. Yeah. So we, uh, so he's like, he's awesome. So one day he like invites mm, like 10 people, 12 people to his ha to the, to the ice factory, like his, his shop or whatever. And he's like, be here at this time mm -hmm. uh, on this night. I'm like, all right. So we show up and then he like has this, like two giant coolers and shit and he's like all right let's go and he takes us through the back like around the back side of the of the thing to the road on the back side of his house and there's a limo waiting there mm. and uh and so we're like what and he's like get in everybody and he like loads these coolers in and we all get in this limo and uh everyone gets beers and shit and he's like let's go and he's not doesn't tell us like anything he's like we're just going like don't worry about it I'm like fuck yeah dude this is fucking awesome so we drove down to like galveston which is like, you know, on the, you know, the water and shit, the Gulf. It's and we, in Texas. In Texas. And uh, we like we, you know, we, we went to a few bars like from bar to bar down there. But on the way back, 
we uh, you know, he's like, we pull into a strip club called Baby Dolls. And oh, after we stop for like another beer run because we've drank all the beer that's in the limo. So then we stop at Baby Dolls and we go in. And this is one of those clubs where there's like three. There, there's usually a, a couple of stages at strip clubs. We didn't say that before. This one has like three stages where the you know the the main stage a girl comes out she dances to two songs and you know whatever and then she moves to this middle stage while somebody else comes out onto that stage the main stage and she's like now like in a, in a further back part of the club and she dances right, to right. that and then everyone shifts another way to the third stage and the third stage is very small like a step up like a woo, maybe like a go-go dance type of thing uh situation and then that's it. That's how they rotate at that club. So he just takes everybody in there and pays like the fucking cover. We're all just partying. And uh, I'm sitting there and I'm actually with my ex-wife at the time. She's with us. And uh, everybody has like their fucking mates with them. Mites. And I'm sitting there and I'm watching and, like these strippers come out. And I'm like, nah, these are this girl, whatever. They're not trying. They're like being late. Like they're like, whatever they're doing. Like they're walking. They're, they're fucking phoning it in, mm-hmm. basically. And I and I was like, I don't appreciate that. And then this one girl comes out and, and she is like. Into it, she's selling it and she's mm-hmm. she's got red hair, which, you know, we both like. Oh, yeah. And she's just going to town like she's got a, a beautiful smile and she's just fucking dancing and doing a thing. And I was like, all right, here, here we go. So I started like I, I was tipping her and shit and. uh I was like, that's my fa-. And in my mind, in my mind, in my drunk, drunken, half drunken, drug addled mind, I'm making up this story about her like life. I'm like, well, this is she does this for money, but she's really a she goes to school for writing. She's a fine poet. <laughs> she's sure. a scientist. <laughs> she knows many things about yeah. the beauty of life and prose. And I make up this whole fucking story about her in my mind. Right. And shit where I'm like, sure, she does something else. She's not just a stripper. She's not just a sure. stripper. Well, well, many of them aren't. They're, they they have, they, that doesn't mean that they're an idiot because they're a stripper. They they are intellectual. They can have, you know, allies, lives outside of what they do. Absolutely. No, absolutely. Yeah. I, we, I had a friend that was a stripper in college that would stop by my apartment and smoke a blunt on her way to Austin on the weekend where she danced for, that's how she, she like made all of her money dancing for two days a week. Like, and then she'd come back but anyway so i'm like making up all this in my mind i'm like yes of course this is what happens is happening and so on the we're all like leaving he's like all right let's go let's go to the fucking thing and at this point she's on the third stage the little stage and i and i only have five dollars left and and she and i walk by i'm like oh shit there she is and i like walk up to her and i said hey she's like hey baby and i was like hey what do you do she's like what do i do it's like yeah what do you do She's like, I do this. And she shakes her ass at me. And she's like, mm-hmm. I do this. And I was like, no, no. What do you really do? <laughs> she's like, I- I'm sorry. And like, I- I'm just holding this $5 bill in my hand. And my wife. And then she's Tell like, me you're a poet. She's like, she's like, here you go. Like guides my hand. Like I just put it in her fucking G string and we walk out. And uh, I-, I-, I thought about it a lot. I was like, wow, that's pretty stupid. But yeah. also, you know, hey. She could have been the hooker with the heart of gold. She could have been my Julia Roberts, dude. Sure, but she doesn't want to tell you what her personal life is because she's a stripper. I already made it up in my mind. 
that's what then that's what you need. That's just keep that. You know, like no, they they get all sorts of creepy guys trying to do creepy shit and stalk them and stuff. And you know, like sex workers, uh, you know, they they are in danger constantly. So yeah, they don't want to share anything personal, and I don't blame them. Uh, and also, you know, being a sex worker is a noble profession. There's nothing wrong with it. Just because I'm not into the strip club thing doesn't mean I look down on anybody who works at them or frequents them. No, you don't. Um, and and we do. I have a couple of friends who are sex workers, and they are uh, amazing, awesome people. But I don't. I'm. I. It, yeah, it doesn't matter if you if you don't like it. If you don't like it, you don't fucking like it. You only go to strip clubs. I'm not gonna mm-hmm. fucking. I mean, I am gonna call you a nerd for many reasons, but oh, you know, just think about that. Think about that as a drop in the bucket, really. But uh, no, it's not for everybody, and of course, uh, it does. It's 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 it makes you. It's it's supposed to make you uncomfortable until it makes you comfortable. It's it's something about that. Like I, that's what I like about. Like I'm telling you, like what I like about going to those places is the like, ooh, this is so. Right. You know, we're not supposed to be here. That's why I like to go in the back of. Right. I like to come in the back from a club or a restaurant. Like I tell you, the Goodfellas thing. If I can come in the back and walk through the whole thing and, and I don't have to wait in line or come through the front, that's like going to a strip club, dude. Mm-hmm. You're not supposed yeah. to do that. You're not supposed yeah, to go but there's naked a different... ladies. You're not supposed to go have naked ladies dance on you, dude. But Well, do. I mean, you're like you were saying like it's uh something where it's like you're supposed to be a little bit uncomfortable. I'm not uncomfortable there. I'm just not happy there. I don't get any joy out of it. But does uh, unhappiness like equal uncomfortability? No, no, it's not. It's not that I'm like, oh, I'm not supposed to be here. No, this is wrong. I'm just like, I'm just like this. This is this sucks. You really turned that into some like pussy ass thing where I was like, oh, this is wrong. No, I mean, like, I enjoy like the dirty, the grime. Sure. No, I get that. Not in a way of like, like the way you put it, like with me, daddy. Uh, I don't I don't enjoy the experience. I know. What if uh, the next time that we're in a city together, we go to a strip club together. Well, I would do it just so we could say we're at the nudie bar. Yeah. Uh, see? Because it's a married or children thing. So, yeah, sure, I would go with you. What if we found one that was called the nudie bar? We would have to go oh, to that. Yeah, we would have to. We would have to buy the place and own it. <laughs> like, you know? Why don't but we here's start, the thing. I'll, I'll go why with don't you. we buy a place and call it the nudie bar? But it's actually... Well, it's part. It's a bar, donut make making, donut bakery, bookstore. Yes. Well, and we- even on Married with Children, though, it wasn't like they always said the nudie bar, but it was actually called the Jiggly Room. The Jiggly which is, Room, which is a great name. <laughs> it is a great name, actually. So both of those things. If the Jiggly Room becomes available, JiggleyRoom.com. Yeah. We have better search that right now. We that should invest, dude. We should have that. We should get jigglyroom.com and have it just where if you go to it, it sends you right to like the Chris and John Wayne.com page, which we can do very easily. Yes. Um through but uh I, I, through I, squarespace.com. Squarespace.com. Discover what you can do. We they're not sponsored by us, but we sure would with we'll take their money. We'll <laughs> absolutely we'll take anybody's money. Um but no, I, I'll go with you, but I don't I'm not getting a lap dance. And if you buy one for me, I'll force the stripper to give it to you like I did to that friend of mine. It was like such an awkward situation. It's like she had clearly never experienced that. I'm or I'm like, no, get off me. He paid for it. Go give it to him. I don't want it. Yeah, that I was, actually did that to a stripper. I w- I'm you're if you're at the strip club, you're already wasting money. I'm definitely not gonna waste any more money on you. 
Good. Thank you. No, no thank you, you dude. No, thank you, man. <laughs> I, I got one other strip club story, by the tell way. Um, uh, since this is what the show turned into, um, I was in uh, the first time I was in Las Vegas, right? It's like a taxi cab confession, like HBO show. Kind dude. of. It's yeah, like yeah. a dark, like, oh, yeah. real sex I, on vital social issues. <laughs> I was in Las Vegas. First time I was in Vegas. Uh, and I was there with a buddy of mine. I won't name him because I'm going to embarrass him with this story. Um, but we uh, we we were there, and I mean, I was like 32 or something, or 31 or 32 at the time. I'm in like the best shape of my life, uh, and I'm gorgeous as I am, and uh, and humble, and humble, <laughs> uh, and he was not that, uh, and so. Like, the, like you go to Vegas and there's like all these bachelorette parties. There's all these women who want to have a good time. And I did very well. And he was kind of tagging along to my wellness uh, because he's the type of guy who like he's very awkward and doesn't know what to say to women. And he's like, like he puts on this like tough front around other guys, but he just doesn't know what to say to chicks. And so I was kind of like, no, you need to come talk to them. Come on. Don't make me do all the fucking work, you know. But anyway, of course, this guy was super into strip clubs. Because he didn't know how to talk to women. So this is how he had his interactions with most women. Uh, And so, like, we were in Vegas. And he's like, okay, I really want to go to check out a strip club in Vegas. Because they're supposed to be so awesome. I'm like, fine, whatever. Uh, And we go to one. And we went to one on Fremont Street. Which is kind of like old Vegas. Where it's kind of like more dirty and trashy. uh, Which is fine. I'm happier to go there. It's far superior to the strip. Yeah. And so we go there. And... um, First of all, like the moment uh, we get inside, some guy was trying to like sell us drugs. And I was like, no way, smokers are jokers because I'm such a nerd. <laughs> but my buddy wasn't into drugs either. So um, so we were like, you know, get away from us. Um, and so anyway, we go and we sit down and everything and we're doing the thing. And uh, and the, and like we're at the like the 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 I don't know, not the bar, but the the runway. We're at like the runway. And we're doing that thing, and I'm not giving anybody any money. I'm just like, no, this is way too expensive. And like, girls are Why coming. Why are you up sitting me. there then? He <laughs> wanted to. He wanted to. He was giving the girls money. I'm like, I'm not giving them my fucking money. Uh, and like, you know, these women were coming up to us and being like, oh, lap dances, lap this, that. And I'm like, no, no, I'm not interested. And there was this one stripper who was like really insistent. She's like, no, I saw you looking at me. I'm like, well, I looked at you because you had these these monstrous basketball sized titties that were just freakish and like circus level weird that's why i looked at you i'm not i didn't look at you because i was interested Mm -hmm. you know and she's like no no come on buy me a drink i'm like no i'm not buying you a glass of water that they say is vodka uh and being like oh i'm getting her drunk i'm not an idiot you know uh and i'm not saying these things but i'm thinking these things i'm just all i'm saying to her is like no thanks no thanks and she will not let up and i finally had to be like really firm i was like no Get away from me. No, I told you no. Get away. No means no. You know? And she was finally like, okay, have a good night, and left me alone. And so I'm like, I want to get away from this area. If you want to stay here, we're getting away from this area. So so my buddy and I, we go to like a booth, and we're hanging out. And just like you said, you can't just sit and talk to your friend and have a beer and relax. You know? Like, they will not leave you alone. And uh, so these strippers come along and they're talking to us and he's all about like oh yeah you know like this is his thing he goes to them and i don't so i'm like no i'm fine i'm fine i'm fine and again like this this other totally other stripper was mad 
like, you know, we're not mad, but she was not yet, but she was just like very insistent to the point where I was like, will you please leave me alone? I'm just trying to, to have my drink. I'm not interested. I've told you several times. And she got like all mad. She was like this super <clears throat> sexy woman where she was just like, you know, like, fuck you. You can't even have a, she like went off on me. She was like, fuck you. You can't even have fun at a strip club. Fuck you. You fucking loser. And like, she's like yelling at me. Uh, and like, like she like comes up on me. And like puts her ass in my face and starts like shaking her ass. And I was like, I was like, get the fuck away from me. I'm leaving this place. You skanky fucking bitch. Like, I'm like, I can't even believe this. See, I'm like, I can't even just like, I paid to get in. I paid for my $9 fucking beer. Like, leave me alone. If I tell you to leave me alone, you know? And so we ended up leaving before we got thrown out. But the best part is there was money on the floor. Like, apparently when she was, like, shaking her ass, like, a bunch of money fell out of her fucking pantaloons. And so, uh, so we, like, snatched it up. It was, like, 50 bucks. And, like, we, like, left with the fucking money. It's fucking great, dude. <laughs> Have you ever been to New Orleans? Have we talked about that? No, no. I never had any desire to go. Hmm. New Orleans is fun. Uh, it's it's one of those places I think I've said I, I, I like to visit, but don't I would never want to live there. Yeah. Um, but one one uh one of the times when I was on tour, Chris and I, uh, we were in, in New Orleans playing, and we got there like early in like the day or whatever. So we were just walking around, and I was like, let's go in, let's go to a strip club and sit down. Right. So we went into like one of the like if you go like if you've not been in New Orleans when you're walking around like the French Quarter and as you start like spiraling out, there's certain blocks and like there's blocks of nothing but strip clubs when you're right. like within like that area. So we just like walked into one one and it was like two 24 ounce. No, uh, yeah, 24 ounce Coors Lights, six dollars or no, twelve dollars. It's twelve dollars. Jesus. Um, And so we're like and free free. Free cover if you buy the twelve dollar two Coors Lights, right? Mm-hmm. So we're like, all right, cool, let's go in, like let's do this because we can each have one. But then of course they let you in and then tell you, no, no, it's it's per person. You can't, right? Of these. course. So we're like, oh, that's right, that makes sense. So then we're both like <clears throat> walk in. It's by the way, it's like one o'clock in the afternoon, you know, something like that. So we're like walking. Sure. They give they give them t- your big beers in the cups at the bar like at the door and like you walk down we sit in there and there's like no there's us two one other guy in there patron and just two strippers that are working two ladies that are working and we sit down just like at this table and we're just like drinking our beers like four beers on this fucking little table and one of the the one of the ladies comes over and is like hey guys what's up do y'all want to dance and uh or so first she's like just talking to us like where are you from blah, blah, blah. like no we're just chilling she's like do you want to dance it's like we i was like honestly we're just like uh we're a band that's we're just like playing tonight we don't have a lot of money so we were just gonna sit here and like watch you guys dance and and just drink some beer yeah. oh my god seriously what blah, 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 where are you from blah, blah, blah. then it all like unlocks and she's just like completely like uh relaxed and like, yeah. you know, like leaned on the table and just like talked to us like a person, right. which is right. awesome when somebody does not have a top on and is just like chilling and talking totally. to you like that. Absolutely. But, uh, but yeah, but we just and we just hung out in there for a while, just like chatting. And like na- then we were just like because there's nobody else in there, first of all, too, except yeah. one guy who's like it, wearing sunglasses and, you know, has a fucking greasy haircut, throwing money 
you know, while they're tag team playing like, oh, I'll play the, I'll dance the next song and you dance this song. Mm-hmm. But uh, that was a fun time. Like, that was cool just to sit and chat and like chat with these chicks and like watch like them like go back and forth dancing for this one guy and yeah. just killing time. So, I mean, it's not all bad, dude. I'm not saying it. I'm not saying it's all bad. I'm not. That's again, like if like some people really have fun there. Um, and I have nothing against strippers or, or people that go to them. But to me, it's more. It's like I go in with a grudge because it's a matter of pride to me. I'm like, I don't need to just throw money at a woman for her to pretend she likes me. I can get women to actually like me and actually have sex with me. I don't need right, to do this. But, but no, I don't think anybody's really saying that. It's more like uh, it's understood that you're like, yeah, we're just gonna go in here and have a good time. These ladies are doing but I their don't thing. Have a good time. Well, then I don't go there. That's why I don't go. That's do you want to go to the spaghetti warehouse with me? I don't know what that is, but it sounds good. It sounds delicious. It's a haunted restaurant in downtown Houston. Do they have spaghetti? They do. Okay, then, then I'm. I like spaghetti. So, so let's go to that instead. We don't have to go to the strip club. Well, well okay. Go to spaghetti we're warehouse. Not, like, we're we're not. But my my point is is that I don't enjoy them because I have this um, this grudge going into them, where I like to me it's personally insulting to mm-hmm. to be like like oh I'm gonna go to this place and see a bunch of naked women when I like when I can't you know like I'm gonna get I'm gonna get horny and go home and not get laid. Like that doesn't make any sense to me. Like if I'm going to go out and see and like see a woman, I'm like going to go to a club and try to pick them up. I'm going to like do something like that. I'm not going to go someplace where I will just give them 10 times more money than I would buying a, a woman a drink at a bar or something. And like maybe actually have the chance to, to take them home with me or, or at least to my car, you know, <laughs> and have, well, have an actual good time. I think, I mean, there's a difference between like uh, posting up at a strip club for your entire night and then just, or passing through more of like a you know you you pass through like hey i'm we're gonna stop at this club for a couple of drinks it, you know i'm not gonna stay there all night but maybe like we you know we hang out for a little bit i don't have a problem with that um and uh i think i just i i don't know i look at it i'm not like i don't feel challenged when i go there like well i could i could get any girl i want you know but um i'm just like I don't know. It's just cool. I think it's cool. I mean, I like Motley Crue. I get it. I get it. But it, to me, it know. doesn't feel cool. To me, it feels kind of lame. Like I feel, I feel personally kind of like dirty. No, not dirty. No, it's not a dirty thing. I don't feel like oh, it's dirty. It's sinful. Uh, it's not that. Challenge. I just feel. I feel degraded. I feel like, like, uh, like I'm being like mocked in a way. You know, like. I'm like, don't insult me by telling me that I need to come in here and pay you to take your clothes off and pretend to like me. I'm not a sucker. I don't I don't believe that you like me. I don't need to pay a woman to take her clothes off. I will get them to take their clothes off for me because I'm awesome. I don't need to fucking do that. Absolutely. You know what is insulting, though, is the fee that they charge you at the ATM in a strip club. That. (laughs) <laughs> is that's pretty bad so just you better bring your money i'm just going to tell you that right up front don't get money out of an atm at a strip club mm. myself and nick p can attest to that yes. but um yeah it's all good man i i i just like that kind of stuff it i, I don't think it uh i don't feel degraded by it if i, I could go to I, a strip club where i could just go in there and pay a reasonable amount for a drink and just hang out and like talk to you and girls were dancing naked, 
I'd be fine with that. That's the but dream. The fact that it, but that the fact that it's so expensive and that you're constantly harassed the whole time, like that's it for me. Like the last time I ever have ever been to one was um, at that fucking bachelor party where I kind of like got dragged along with all my stupid idiot friends uh, uh, when they knew I didn't want to fucking go there. You know, and like they paid my cover and everything, but they're like, come on, we got thrown out of the other place. I'm like, yeah, because you, because one of these fucking guys is an asshole who has to cause trouble everywhere, you know? And so, like, we go to this place and it's to me, it's sad. I'm like watching all these guys just staring at this girl dancing, just staring at it with like their mouths open and just like so, like, fucking sad and pathetic, you know? I mean, that's some people also. And that's why at Kristen John Wayne's Jiggly Room, we have yes. a complete anti-harassment policy. We do. We we do. You yes. get asked once, twice, three times a maybe, <laughs> and then that's it. No, once, goddammit. No means no. No means no. You know, me too, goddammit. It's an implied, you go into a strip club, it's, it's a little bit like, it's like going into a Chuck E. Cheese. That guy was like, your buddy. <laughs> It's implied that you're supposed to like get a pizza for and, and eat a cake with your kid. He just went in for the video game and he didn't even get a picture of Michelob. So that's well, I don't know about that. He probably like, did get a picture of Michelob, no, Josh. They made him leave. They were like, "Okay, dude, you can't just come in here and like play Miss Pac-Man. Like, you can get just hey, go." You know, like it, it was it was unjust and unfair to him. He wasn't doing anything wrong. But uh, it creeps out the Karens of the world. You know, the soccer moms were like, there's a guy here by himself and like complain to the manager. Hold on. That is creepy, though. Don't go. Don't go into Chuck E. Cheese by yourself as you're a grown man. I know. Don't defend it. Don't don't put don't put the Karens into this. And if and if if you're a man with an ounce of pride, don't go into a strip club. That's my whole. Okay, that's (laughs) that's like apples and oranges, dude. Nah. It's it, not really. That's like uh, I'm creepy versus I like to have fun. No, it's it's I'm creepy versus I'm pathetic. Oh my god, dude! <laughs> I'm pathetic. Not everyone that goes to a strip club is like going there to hook up with a chick. Do you think that I can't they're, get well, girl? I mean, I'm not saying like. Chick. I mean, to me, it's at, like the only way you can get a girl to take video, off. Look at me. <laughs> to me, it's like the only way you can get a girl to take off her clothes is to is to pay her. And for for it to be an agreement that you can't actually fuck her, that to me is weird. I'll never get it. If you like that, go for it. But to me, I'll never understand it. It's not for everybody, dude. Much like no, much like our taste in books, music, movies. Much like it's not for even each other, which is why we balance each other out so much. Like. Bikini bars and Michelob and Chuck E. Cheese. It's like it, it, we are that combo. See, I would I would rather go to Chuck E. Cheese than a strip club. I would have way more fun that at Chuck E. Cheese. Is weird. That I would have way more fun. Choice. I would have way more fun. Get some shitty pizza, play some skee ball with my friends, play video mm. games. Like that would be way more fun and cheaper and more worth the money. Well, I would rather take my six-year-old nephew to the strip club on his birthday <laughs> and really show him some of the games to play. Really show him some ping-pong fucking oh, skee-ball games. <laughs> fucking gross. So that he learns from me, Uncle Wayne, instead of on the street. Now, if, if at Chuck E. Cheese, like, all the waitresses were topless, I'd be totally cool with that. 
you know, like that'd be fine. Like, like, and you, dude, I spent my last Halloween at the fucking Playboy Club. I have no problem with sexuality and nudity. But, I just like strip clubs are like a whole other level of of male debasement to me. So I I'm not all about that. Like, if I'm at a place and like the bartender is like this sexy woman barely wearing anything, fucking awesome. The waitresses, all that, love it. But if they're constantly harassing me and constantly being like, "No, you have to pay money just to look at my titties," I'm like, "Get the fuck out of here! I can see titties without having to pay for it." I have a phone, lady. Um, also, I got a rash, man. Wear a rash, man. Would Would you think? Uh, would you ever? Uh, I think I probably don't know the, I already know the answer to this, but would you ever hire like a topless maid to come clean your house? Um. No, I mean, I don't know. Like, like I don't need that, you know? Like, I have nothing against it, but I don't, I, I'm like, why? What's the point? I don't, I don't know. I'm, I'm not, I, I'm mostly asking just to see because I, 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 I would, I would rather no, hire, not, I would, go ahead. I'm sorry. I would rather hire a non topless maid because then I know she's not there with any kind of sex worker intention. Uh, and so then I might have more of a chance to actually fuck her. Well, uh, and that's true, but that's also true. But like uh, when you hire a topless maid, I wonder. Like, what do you do? Just like sit in your living room and watch them and watch them clean shit. Clean? Yeah, like that, that seems far, 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 far more of a creepy thing than going to a strip club where that's what it's, it's going no, it's not the same thing. Totally you're going to the strip club because it's a strip club. You know, you you know, this person's coming there to clean your house just topless. Doesn't mean Well, it's at least you get your house cleaned. Do you? I don't know. I have never hired I don't know one either. Maybe but we that's should the hire implication, one. you know. If you've ever gotten a topless maid, call the Corey hotline. <laughs> call the hotline. Two. Tell us about it. 832-930-1347. Let us know about your topless housekeeper please do and how that experience was please let us know we, i i don't have really any opinion on it because it sounds like something you're like okay that's topless housekeeper all right it's kind of like a you know topless bible cleaner that's fine you know well yeah is there it, any other kind it's just like you could say topless anything like and it's like okay that makes it a little bit better but then when you actually get it it's like oh Oh, maybe. maybe no, like topless stuff, I think is always go well together. You I know? think topless stuff is awesome if it's in the right context, like a topless car wash or something. Awesome, that's great. Yeah, you know? baby, that's fucking great. But it's it's a very different thing from like it's kind of like I was saying earlier. Like I would prefer the burlesque show where I could just watch the girls dance around rather than the strip club where like you know it's more insulting to me as a man. Uh, yeah, like the whole approach to it, which I've said a million times, I don't need to go over it again. Um, so, but that's just my take on it. Again, I don't look down on anyone who's involved in these things. If that's what you like, fine. But to me, uh, like I take it, uh, in, I take it differently than some people do, and I always have. I've always been that way. Oh, you do take it differently, dude. That's true. I do. That's right. So. Are we are, so are we saying that in your so are we part of like I love that we're balancing each other out in this, but am I lesser in your eyes now? Because I like I would go to the strip club or be like, yeah, let's go. No, I like I said, I don't look down on anybody if this is what they like. If they get joy out of it, fine. I don't I like it. 
I mean, well, I like it. But... If you don't enjoy it. No, I like it, but I'm I'm not like, uh, hey, let's go, you know. Well, make up your mind. Either you like it or you don't. I do like it. Well, then I'm there just... you go. You like it. So if you like it, do it. If you like it, do it. I don't like it. That's why I don't do it. That's the that's what that's the whole fucking point of this conversation. You like it. Do as do thou it. wilt, dude. That is the whole of the law. Yeah, you like it, you do it. I don't like it, so I don't do it. I instead do women. And you know what? I don't just do them. I Say appreciate them, them right. and enjoy them and like them. And I have consensual sex with them. And it's way better than going to a strip club and like, you know, imagining like that the these women have any interest, you know. When they're really there just to make money and just to just siphon money out of your pocket and you know, like all the money you spend going on one trip to a strip club, you could spend on like that's an amount of money you could spend like taking women to actually do something awesome. Like you could take them to, you know, like a, a carnival or like a, a salsa dancing class. You could have all sorts of fun with a woman and have a great time and then actually end up having sex rather than like pissing money away at a strip club. So, ladies, if you are interested in going to a carnival or a salsa dancing class, call the Corey hotline really at 832. Fun. Those things are really fun. Zero one three four seven. They are really fun. I've taken women to these things, and that's awesome. They, they have a great time. And, yeah. you know, I would rather do that. And then if she's ready, we will have sex. And that I would much rather have sex than pretend to like the, the, then have some girl dance half naked in my lap and me give her 50 fucking dollars and then I go home with blue balls. What the fuck? It's stupid. Wow, you're you might be doing strip clubs wrong, but also if it's your friend's $50 then hey, also I'd rather have the 50 bucks. Just pay my light I was going to say um, pay, my, pay my fucking gas bill. Like I, I don't 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 pay her gas bill. If you want to buy me something, give me the money. Okay. That's that's okay. Well, I'm gonna cancel. Um, hmm. <laughs> there's a cake that <laughs> is going to arrive at your house in uh, approximately 16 hours, and it's like a five foot tall cake. Send yeah, it. Yep. Do not accept. Send reject. What do they call that? Do reject. Return delivery. to sender. Yeah. Do a return re- to do, sender. Do a return to sender because you are not. <laughs> You're allergic to this cake. Do not. Hey, you know what? If you're going to send me a woman a cake, make make it a prostitute cuz then I'll at least get to have sex with her. Don't don't give me a stripper. Give me a prostitute. I'd prefer that. Okay. Now I know. Now you know. So on the 16 16 hours from now, please do not answer your door. And do not sign cuz that now, means I have to pay. Now you now you know. And you know like Knowledge is uh, knowledge is power. So, like I always say, study hard and be evil. And like I always say, study hard and be hard. What you always say is hardly sh- know her. <laughs> what you always say is shake it, baby. I got a dollar. <laughs> Earn that nickel, you whore. <laughs> that sounds like you. Used to be about the art, man. Leg <laughs> off. Well, this took an interesting uh, 
turn. I, I feel yes. somewhat responsible, but I do not feel bad about being responsible. No, uh, your ridiculous read just derailed the whole whole show. Yeah, and that's yeah. fine. It was uh, it was still a fun talk, but the, the whole <laughs> like the the topic like we didn't even cover at all, which is kind of funny. We'll have to do that maybe on the next one. We will do it on the next one. That's okay because sometimes we just need to have a, like a you know download. People, you know, we'll just connect. Yeah. And we're, we're just we're, we're just rapping, rapping like two two guys do. This is why, you know, y- you may be like, you listen to our sharp witted commentary, and takes hot takes, slicingly hot takes on things in other episodes, and you're like, who are these guys? And these are the kind of episodes where we're like, this is who these guys are. This is who you know, we we're are. kind of like pulling back the. You know, we're letting the layers show the many onion, oniony layers of our, you know, being. And, our, and I hope, and, I hope that, and I hope that we've been educational tonight. I've hope I've convinced some some guys like stop spending your money at a strip club. Try to meet actual women and spend that money on them. Show them a good time. You know, like like we should we should treasure women and their company, and we should like actually make an effort to. To 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 invest in in a relationship, even from like the beginning stages, even if it's not going to go anywhere, this is what you should spend your money on. You know, instead of just throwing money away at at women who just dance naked, it's like it's a it's a waste of of your money, and it's a waste of your time. So maybe I could maybe I've changed a few minds tonight. Be a man, don't be a boy. And if you like to be a boy, go ahead and uh, support your local uh, sex worker and dra- dra- j- dancing uh, naked ladies. And please come to Chris and John Wayne Jiggly Room, uh, which will be uh, will be unveiling soon, yep. uh, where everybody gets a ride. Um, so. Yeah, I that's 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 a good thing, because we both have different takes on it. I guess I don't feel so intensely like uh because i'm not going into a strip club to be like yeah i'm gonna fuck a stripper and this late i'm just like i just like the atmosphere honestly i like to be in a place where i can drink beer and there's naked ladies and and rock and roll blastingly so loud that i don't i can't i can't hear you so i don't have to talk to you see i i that like, like I like some of that. Like, I I like an atmosphere where I can hang out and enjoy it's myself. All or nothing with me. I like an atmosphere where I can enjoy myself, drink beer, whatever. And there's like women that are scantily clad or half naked, and that's what the Playboy Club was like. And that's great. I had a great time. But that's a very different thing from a strip club. Very different. Completely different. We mm-hmm. we know. Yep, that's awesome. And strip clubs not as awesome, in my opinion. Okay. Okay. Well, I, I, I'm not casting aspersions, dude. I'm agreeing to Chris. Agree. We have we. This yeah. is why we are in love with each other because of these different. We take these hard. We tackle the hard <laughs> topics when they when they yeah. are the hottest when they mean the most. Yes, you know we are. How we feel do. about strip clubs right now in the <laughs> height of the election? Yes, we need we, to we know about what <laughs> our feelings on strip clubs are. <laughs> And, we should and, mention and that going into the future, what will they become? We should mention the fact that we're, and I, I know you hate when we when I date the shows, but like I I got to date somebody, 
Uh, and so the shows are not at uh, the strip like, club. <laughs> not at the strip club. No, um, the shows are recorded in advance. So this is being recorded on November second, which means tomorrow is election day. So this show may never air. Like we may, John Wayne and I may be out there uh, battling uh, in the civil war and uh, or or the race war or whatever this election uh, results in. Uh, it's it's uh, gonna be a fucking disaster. Uh, so, uh, hopefully by the time this airs, uh, we'll at least we'll know dead. who won, we'll at least know <laughs> who won the election. I'm sure one side, whoever loses, will be contesting it anyway, but, uh, and I support our alien overlords in this I election. I wish we had alien overlords. And, I think uh, someone, I think a leader not from this shit ass planet would probably be better. This planet is so corrupted and so rotten that I would, I would prefer uh, an alien overlord even if it's like predator or something do it well as always you you know you offer us your uh, open ended and wisdom uh well thought out uh take uh on things wisdom. so uh, w- the wisdom of you i'm very wise you're a wise man uh beyond your years and mine and uh, beyond years and, you know, and how they even exist in this kind of way, because time really doesn't exist. It's kind of like an idea that's made up and uh, we're all experiencing time at the same moment. It's happening right now. We're all living and dying at the same time and experiencing it over and over and over again. So you never go to heaven. You never go to hell. All of your dreams do not come true when you die because you just start over at a different point in the life that you've already led. So you think you so, believe in like reincarnation? Then? No. I don't. You believe that your life just starts over again? You, you're no. yourself all over again? Nope. Okay. That it's all happening and that's it. And then our. So you believe when you die, it's just over, that you're just, you're gone. It's you're over, dead. but you jump back to some other point in your life because we can't, exp- we only experience time linearly because our brains are wired that way. Otherwise, time is not a linear thing, I don't think. So. Depending on what you, you know, you're just like, it's like Slaughterhouse-Five, dude. Kurt Vonnegut. I know who wrote Slaughterhouse-Five. Oh, I'm sorry. Can I not say that? <laughs> For our listeners, some people may be like, oh, what's a Slaughterhouse-Five? And then they're like, is that a video game on Sega Genesis back in the day? And I'm like, no, that's Slaughterhouse. This is that would have been, been an interesting video game. Yeah. Now, uh, here's what I believe because I... What do you believe? I believe in the truth, which is you die and you're fucking dead and that's it. I believe that too, but I just don't think that we're experiencing that in a line, in a straight line. Yeah, smoke another bowl. (laughs) You're like... And you can check every episode out at (laughs) chrisandjohnwayne.com. K-R-I-S. I kid because I love. I kid because I, I will love. smoke another bowl. I got some really good weed last night. I have no doubt that you'll smoke another bowl. Okay, have another one, Rummy. <laughs> have another drink, Rummy. Dude, I've been drinking actual just plain soda for like an hour. <laughs> of course you have. You won't go to a strip club. You drinking soda? <laughs> fucking, you're sitting on the on the fucking sidewalk doing your bebopping and scatting like you're joining a fucking barbershop choir. Absolutely. And, and just yes. like it's yeah. I don't know, man. I don't know what I don't know what to think anymore. No, I you know, I'm, I'm after this I'm gonna watch Urkel. Except you know, like I, I just live a 
very we go together like yeah go like a dinga down bam the bam the bomb bang ding da so yeah what i was saying is that um you know i had my wild years where i did the drugs and the drinking and like all that kind of stuff but like now that i'm older it's just that doesn't appeal to me the way that it once did you know it's kind of like a motorcycle jacket where it's like yeah when i was younger that's really cool now it's like well no now i'm just an old guy in a motorcycle jacket and i look like a fucking loser you know so it's like a different different thing as you get older so wise words from an old man wise words from a very old man and again like you're two years older than me i wear a motorcycle jacket no i wear a leather band you're in a band it's a different thing like if a guy's in a band and wears a motorcycle jacket and it's cool but like if you're just like a fucking 43 year old man wearing a motorcycle jacket like you just look like one of those pathetic like weekend bikers like guys you know like you just look lame you know um so yeah like if you like it just i don't know it's and and again don't take don't take my fucking advice or you'll end up like me like unless like if you want to be a fucking hermit writer who like just like lives alone and doesn't see other people then then listen to my advice but you know i had my years where i i was a stud and, and i had my party years and everything and now i prefer to just be at home and and write and read and watch urkel because now i'm lame there's nothing wrong with that, dude. And that is, I think, our, our entire demographic you've hit upon. Yes. I, uh, Urkel I watching. <laughs> I, this was another thing that I talked about with my buddy Tom where we were talking about, uh, like, he, he had said it best, where, like, so much entertainment now is nihilistic. You know, like, like movies and, uh, and shows, they're just, just always dark and negative, um, and like dark endings and if it's like if you don't have that you're considered like childish in a way or you're like it's like oh it's too like upbeat and goody goody um and we we had that discussion because of bill and ted's um uh face the music and like how that movie like actually ended with like hope and movies don't end that way anymore even like the superhero movies like the batman it's always just dark and negative uh and i said to him i was like that's why i watch old sitcoms because it gives me that warm and fuzzy, just kind of like laugh feeling and schmaltiness. And I like that. I enjoy that. Um, and I mean, you like, it may seem weird. Like everything that you've heard from me tonight, from the strip clubs to liking schmaltzy stuff, it may seem weird to people who are familiar with my books. Because my books are dark as shit. And I've written some really filthy stuff as well with body art and, and full brutal. Like there's a lot of like aberrant sex in that. Uh, but this, this is to me. That's part of the horror of it, that it could mm-hmm. that like sex can be con, con, uh, it can can be that not just perverted, but that violent and sick, you know. And to me, that's part of the horror of it. I don't, I, I don't get off on what happens in body art. Are you out of your fucking mind? That stuff is just nasty and horrible. I, I wrote it because I wanted to write an extreme horror novel about pornography, and that's what I wrote. And it's not anything against pornography. It's just that particular pornography in that book is really extreme uh i love pornography i watch porn all the time uh you know so it's not anything against that no no i don't think anybody does but do you ever get like people who think that that's your oh your thing because you wrote that that they're like hey man because they miss the whole like and you know what underlying message they ask you like hey do you want to do some poly or yeah (laughs) that kind of 
what you know, where you really run into it is the people who haven't read the fucking book at all. They just read like the reviews of it or they just hear about it and they just automatically assume that whatever you write is something that you're into. Then you know, or or these fucking morons who drive me crazy where they think everything you write is like true to your life. You know, like this is this is like stuff that really happened to you. And it's just like get the fuck out of here. Not everything like these this comes from yeah. people who have no imagination. Like people who like can't imagine making up a story, so they think that everything you write must be real from real life, from your like true life or what you want your life to be. You know, it's like the, these people have no concept of fiction. And these are the these are the people, and I don't care, but these are the kind of people who send Christmas cards, birthday cards, presents to fictional soap opera characters. <laughs> <laughs> when they are having an event like in the show, I'm serious. Like this, uh, yeah. this is you know what I'm talking about, right? I do. This is a yeah. serious thing. Like I, I watch the soaps all the time. I know exactly I, what you're talking about. I took uh, no, I went in my film appreciation class that I took in college is one of like the best classes I ever took. We learned about that where like these these rabid fans just like if somebody has a baby, like a character has a baby on on like Bold and the Beautiful. Right, they'll send them. They'll bombard yeah. the studio, like, like you know, yeah. with presents and cards for the baby, like it's real, like yeah. it's a real yeah. event. And that those people are fucking dangerous. Yeah, I think those are a different breed of people than the people who think everything you write is real. Is uh, it? Well, maybe no. You, I mean, you have I mean, a point. Like, the Venn diagram, at least, is no, is no, the, no. You're right. I, the, un, being unable to hmm. separate fran- fantasy from reality. But I, I think that those people are like that's how l- lonely they are. That they relate so much to the characters that they watch on TV that they they like they feel like they're their own personal friends or something. You know, kind of like when you listen to a podcast and you think yeah. that, <laughs> that that everyone that that you know everything about those people and you become best friends with them. And if that's something that you feel. <laughs> call the when Corey you listen hotline. to this podcast please call the Corey hotline <laughs> at 832-930-1347 that's right 832-930-1347 let us know how you feel it's also known as the chris love line okay you know, well, well where, now where i'm gonna have I, to get where i offer audio kisses to the ladies. I specifically got that number to spell Corey Hotline, and now you want me to get it to say Chris Chris's reincarnation. What did no, you say? It, it doesn't have to say that. Chris's recreation. love line. Chris's love Chris, line. Chris's love line. Right, because they know that I'm not a dirty man who goes to strip clubs. They know I'm a gentleman, and that I like kissing. So they can call me, and they can get my lovely kisses. Well, I'm sure that you will be. Uh, Bombarded, bombarded by uh, ringing off the hook. That's, off, ringing off the hook in that you have taken the phone off the hook in case <laughs> that it rings. In case it rings, because that's what I would actually do. Actually. Because you <laughs> want I don't to, want to talk sleep. to anybody. <laughs> I don't want to talk to anyone. No, but I mean, what woman wouldn't want a forty-three-year-old extreme horror writer who doesn't want to go anywhere? Who like you know, like who wouldn't want that? You've you just know? opened yeah. up a door to. To every cat lady. <laughs> just got like, there's people throwing cats at your house right now. <laughs> outside. Hey, you know what? I'm allergic to cats. Keep them away from me. 
I like cats. I wish I could have one, but I'm allergic, so get them away from me. Yeah, I think this was a good episode. <laughs> I think this was a ridiculous episode, but okay. You know, it it, it works. <laughs> I mean, you know, this is the kind of stuff I like where we just talk and go off on uh, things. And, and then it's fine. Yes. No it's point. Fine talk. Like, no one. No it's point. like an episode of Seinfeld. You know? Yes. Cartwright. I, really, I never really got into that show. I called but... out. God damn it, dude. Of course you didn't. I didn't say there's anything wrong with it. I just never got into it. I just never. There's nothing wrong with it. I didn't. I just said that. There's nothing wrong with it. I just never got into it. It was just not my thing. I was making a joke where they say not that there's anything wrong with it, but you didn't get it. And it was like a meta thing that anybody's listening. Yeah, of course I didn't get it. I just told you I don't watch the fucking show. How am I supposed to get it if I never watched the show? I've never watched the whole episode. You're right. No. That's never watched that. Never watched Friends. I'm an Urkel man. Well, Friends is a very white people's show. As we've, I think I've as established we've that just, in canon. That, absolutely, yes. Uh, so. I am more, um, I am more um, diverse, ethnically diverse, and so I watch Urkel. I'm saying watch some Good Times, dude. If you can get Good, no, times, good times available rules, on the Stars like uh, app right now, like if you get this, that that's where like uh, it's the only place we could find it available. Mm. Streaming is on Stars. But god damn, that's a good show. Dude. No, it's a very good show. No, I'm I'm totally with you on and, and not and, and not uh, just because we're all like, oh, it's a you know POC diverse. I'm I'm like I'm seriously like going back and watching it now and being like, God, this show was like ahead of its time. It very in, much was. in the biggest baddest way. That oh yeah, no, absolutely. Could that be. was great. So like you strip away like the pretense and the the comedy and all that kind of like whatever and the dynamite. It's so. Good. And you know, you know, uh, that that show actually led to other, uh, many other um, uh, black shows, black character shows. Uh, and in fact, um, uh, oh my God, why is this, this? Norman Lear? Norman Lear, uh, who mm-hmm. created All in the Family and several other shows, like he met with uh, the leader of the Black Panthers in the 1970s, uh, who was like, okay, yeah, Good Times is great because it shows the actual like life of what, what black what black people's lives for the most part are in this country but he's like but we want to aspire to more so there should be more successful black people on television and that ended up becoming the jeffersons oh yeah uh, yeah and so we had the jeffersons and we had and... Sanford and son which was they weren't like successful characters but we had more shows that were fronted by uh you know black people that starred black people uh and sanford's son is another great show i love that show really good awesome show really funny um yeah norman lear rules like definitely oh absolutely brilliant the things that he did for television and and writing was great i totally agree good times is fucking solid great excellent excellent family matters is also excellent great excellent show you can't argue with those things but if you want to watch i uh i'm going to say like uh family matters is streaming on hulu right now if you want to check that out and it is and good times is is streaming on stars so i know it's like it's hard to find that show but like it's it's worth like at least get the the week like because stars has like a seven day free trial or whatever get that and then just watch all of good times and just and then cancel it you know (laughs) whatever i mean i'm I'm serious or at least check out like yeah. where james dies because you know that the whole show is like excellent anyway this is not the good times episode that's going to be out that'll in a few be weeks. later <laughs> that's going to be out in a few weeks 
But, we have to uh, do the Married with Children episode first. We've got, so. That's a whole quarter, and that takes up a whole quarter, folks. Yeah. Yes, yes. That's, that's a three month months episodes. That's just, yeah. That's like the, the Halloween episodes only. We're bringing before. in Brian Faustino is scheduled to. Uh, well, I don't know who that guest. is, but David Faustino will be on. I don't know. David Faustino and Brian wow. Faustino. You just, you just totally embarrassed yourself. Uh, as I embarrassed myself. Fan. I've had yeah. eleven. I've had eleven beers in the last hour. <laughs> Brian Faustino. That's his cousin. He's we couldn't afford David Faustino. <laughs> we got Brian Faustino. He's gonna come on. He's gonna talk well, about brother, how everyone in the family hated David. He, he thought he was so cool. Well, his brother, I don't know if his I don't know what his name is. Maybe it is Brian, but his brother did star in Monster Squad. Monster Squad's a bad ass. Oh, rules. But no, the, the, we haven't talked about kid. that. During the Halloween season, we should have, yeah, because that movie rules. But no, the youngest kid, the one who's like, "Mummy's in my closet." That's David Faustino's brother. How ah, what a pussy that figures. Anyway, thanks for listening to another episode of uh, Vital Social Issues and Stuff with Chris and John Wayne. I think I speak for both of us when I say that's pussy, and uh, we're not going to say that anymore. Uh, what's pussy? I don't what. Let's. I might have to take so much of this out. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what you. I don't even know what the hell you're saying. I don't know either. <laughs> Thanks for checking out the show. Another Thanks week. Checking out even our most. This one went off the rails. It was. This was completely improvised. Nothing it, was. We yes. had something planned and we did not do it. And we fucked it up. We fucked it up. You um... fucked it up, man. <laughs> you fucked it up. Totally fucked it up. The plane just crashed into the goddamn mountain. <laughs> yeah, we this this but this totally fucking derailed. But I we hope you enjoyed it. And again, I hope that you'll. Uh, I hope that you guys listening will stay away from the strip club and actually try to date women. Save your money, kids. Save your money. Save your money. You're gonna need it for the strip club. Yes. Mm-hmm.